Bosch with a strike from distance! Oh my word! That is out of this world from Stefan Bosch! Great feet there from Brahim Diaz. Rafael Liao on the move. He's in. Rafael Liao! This time he scores! Last season's MVP reminding everyone just what a player he is. Hello and welcome to Seiya Spotlight Season 2, Episode 32. I'm your host, Jake, and with me today, in the absence of my brother and co-host, Matt, is my good friend and Suswala fan, Luke Mintoff. Hi, guys. I think instead of saying Episode 31, you should start saying, it is Episode 2 of me thanking your um, series. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so this is Episode 2 of Luke Mintoff thanking my my podcast. Seiya, Seiya thanking. There we go. No, bro, you've been great, and the feedback has been good. People found you very funny. They found your certain takes a bit wild. They um, were a bit wild, but... Yeah, um, the gutty take in particular was... Uh, I stand by my gutty take, even though if you see the shot he had against Verona last, uh, last game, you'd be like, um, this guy's not scoring any goals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about centre-backs getting the ball from outside the I, area and just shooting. I it. think that they, they get the ball, and since the fact that they don't really hold the ball for, for much longer than a few seconds, usually, they get so fucking excited. It's like yeah. a kid, and you give him fucking... I don't know, man. You give him. You, you tell him here. This is a fucking toy. Okay, you can you have immense power with this toy, but don't overuse it. And the first second you give it to him, he overuses it. There and we he go. He just shoots it. And, he just shoots it to Christ. Yeah. And it's probably like, um, you know, if we cross it, they might counter. There's that whole thing. I might cross a bad one. Like, and then, I think they yeah. get glorious. To be honest, there we go. And sometimes, you know, they go in. Like our goal <laughs> of the week, um, Posh's wonder strike against Odinese. What a goal that was! And bro, we had many good goals this week. We did. We did, we did. Some honourable mentions over here at Sergei Milinkovic Savic's free kick, mm-hmm. Salamakers Maradona-esque goal, Leao, to be honest, both goals of Leao were, were it was actually good. on the same side where Maradona dribbled half the team and scored. There we go, exactly. Shomorodov's <laughs> um, chip was very nice and El Sharawi's clean first-time strike was also a very good goal. We won our bet this week, we're back to winning ways. Um, we bet that Atalanta Is would like the beat... the second time you've won? No. <laughs> <laughs> Practically, yes, no. Um, I think uh, we have about a 50% win rate, which isn't bad. That's okay, that's all yeah, right. I mean, uh, bookies won't like you, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. This is a guy who's worked in gaming, by the way. Oh, yes. Um, we bet that Atalanta would win and more than one goal would be scored in that game. Um, thankfully, Darun opened the scoring in the first half because I feel like it would have been a different game if he hadn't done so. But that's a win. We bet 10 euro and we won 20. To keep up with our betting segment, please follow at Spotlight on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and wherever you get anything. We're basically there. Except Facebook. We're not really on Facebook. You don't like Facebook. Um, apparently, the algorithm is good, um, but no, uh, I, I don't know. We're not on Facebook. <laughs> I, need, I need to get us Maybe on Facebook. Maybe one day. Yeah. Season three. There we go. Um, before we get into the action, we have Mintoff actually opening up the, the action for us very soon. I'm going to take you through a quick rundown of the score, scores so you know exactly what happened this week. We had, of course, um, league leaders Napoli, the dominant Napoli side taking on Milan at the um, Stadio Maradona. And they actually lost 4-0. Inter played Fiorentina and lost 1-0. Their poor form continues. 
Lazio beat Mons uh, two goals to nil. Um, perhaps the scoreline is a little bit flattering over there. Roma stomped Sampdoria 3-0. Sampdoria pressed the self-destruct button as they often do. Juventus won 1-0 against Verona. Everyone would have expected that with Allegri at the helm. Cremonese won Atalanta 3. Bologna 3. Udinese 0. That was a spanking over there. I'm sure none of you saw that coming. Sassuolo won Torino 1. That was a very close game over there. Empoli won Lecce 0. Very big win for Empoli to end a uh, dry spell, quite frankly, and Spezia won Salernitana, won a relegation six-pointer that um, typically do end in draws. Before we get started on the action, I feel it's important to address that yesterday there was the semi-final game between Inter and Juventus in the Coppa Italia, that honestly, if you missed the first 84 minutes of this game, you didn't really miss much. <laughs> Quite a snooze fest, to be honest, but um, typically, as this fixture has suggested in the past, things got a little bit heated at the end. Quadrado scored in the 84th, and then Lukaku scored the winning, uh, the equalizing penalty in the 93rd minute, which then followed with C of violence um, Lukaku got a second yellow card for his celebration um, perhaps it was something that was said to the crowd who were racially abusing him then the fans all uh, the the players sorry all started fighting each other and throwing punches Quadrado and Handanovic both got sent off I think we've learned that Quadrado can can really deck a guy if he wants he really can huh? and you yeah. saw he, he he's clubbing after all yeah <laughs> well, there we go um, five minutes in and Mintov has already passed a racist comment <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you, did you notice he hit Chesney before he actually hit Andanovic? Oh, really? Yeah, so, See, this, this, so he absorbed a bit of the punch. This, this guy just doesn't care. He just wants to punch people, bro. <laughs> That's it, bro. Just whatever. You know, you're in my way. <laughs> Fuck you, Joe, I suppose. That's it, bro. So yes, um, we look forward to the second leg over there. Tonight there is Fiorentina Cremonese. What do you think, bro? Do you think that Cremonese have a chance? I think they do. I think that they probably are coming to terms with the fact they may be getting relegated this season. Mm-hmm. I I think it's an all but um, foregone conclusion there, uh, and I feel like probably this is their like last hurrah mm. in uh, in the top flight. So I mean, of course, the Coppa isn't the top flight per se, but it's still against top flight teams, and I feel like um, I feel like if Fiorentina go in with this mentality that oh we're in good form we can easily beat them, they may be wrongly mistaken. Hmm. And I feel like um, so far what we've seen from Cremonese and the Coppa, they seem to be really really up for these games so um, all it takes is one good chance for Cremonese and you know they could set up shop and and, and defend the lead so you never know yes Cremonese are very tight and Fiorentina sometimes struggle to exploit teams with a low block Um, we'll see what happens over there Um, personally I would love to have a team in Serie B and in Europe (laughs) Because oh that, that's that, what would that, happen. That would, be, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, be it, would sick. Be, it would be cool. Now, Mint, please take us through the first match oh. of the match day. I kind of forgot how to start. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. We'll, 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 uh, we'll crack right on, as they say. And we'll go on with Napoli-Milan. Um, of course, the, as Jake mentioned before, the game ended with uh, the scoring of 0-4. to four. Milan scoring four away from home. You would not think that was going to happen at the, at the Maradona Stadium. And um, some, some, some pointers to mention before we, we get started is that in the last 10 games between each other, um, Milan are actually had the upper hand with four wins to Napoli's three and then three draws. Um, actually, a fun fact, in case you didn't know, Osimhen has never scored against Milan. And yeah. most of the time he's been injured or not played. Yeah, there we go. So how can, 
How can um, Ozyman score when Politano's constantly scoring against Milan, dude? Because that guy loves a goal against Milan. He does love a goal against Since Milan. his Sassuolo days. But yeah. that, was, that used to be the time. Um, but apart from the, the, the head-to-head, we have, I mean, arguably Napoli with, with better form coming in with three wins and two losses. Although, of course, two losses isn't great either. Whereas Milan were with one win, two losses and two draws, which is arguably much worse, of course. Um, especially the fact that they had such a shock defeat against Udine um, yeah. just the game before and um, one point I'd like to just you know briefly speak about is the fact that I believe the international break couldn't have come at a better time for you I yeah. think that the team really needed that to kind of reset and to readjust themselves especially because there are such big fixtures coming up for Milan so um, especially before the tactical swap right before going back to a 4-2-3-1 slash 4-3-3 yes, yes. I think who knows maybe the team maybe Napoli prepared the 3-5-2 formation to deal yeah. with so so that you know that that long spell out gives a time gives the time for Piola to practice that 4-2-3 again so mm-hmm. you know if, if you have one week how much can you practice one formation to really drill it back to its yeah. you know proper days in two weeks you do have time you do have a you do have a way to to create a system again so I, I really think that it's really Really helped you. I mean, no, 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 no. Taken away from Milan, they had a brilliant game, um, but I think that was definitely uh, a blessing in disguise. Yes, agreed. Um, a couple of actual things to, to mention before we speak about the, the starting lineup was that uh, Milan had a relatively strong squad. The main difference of of, of note was Kier coming in for the injured Kalulu. Apart yeah. from that, um, everybody was was fit for that game, and it's smallest starting lineup we're seeing. Um, game on game in uh, on the other hand Osimen was of course injured for this game as we have been alluding to with Simeone coming in uh, as a replacement up front um, but as well there then you have pretty much a standard formation so so really and truly you're seeing the best players on each team more or less coming yeah. against each other um, Although one thing worth mentioning, and, and something we also mentioned on the on the previous episode, is the fact that we argued about Vara being the, the top against Osimhen being the top, mm-hmm. and you know there there are there are arguments for both. There are um, you know it's it's up for debate as such. But uh, one thing I will say, although I still believe Kavara is the top four Napoli, purely out of the fact that it's his first season, he has just shown everybody what a baller he is. Um, Napoli lost their anvil. I mean, their, yes. their, their hammer. You know, in, in, a, in a hammer and anvil formation, they've definitely definitely lost their hammer. And I mean, you can't not say he wasn't missing there. Definitely. I mean, he brings a completely new dynamic to this team. Um, and Simeone isn't even a bad striker. He you know, he's very deployable. He's a striker yes. who scored twenty goals last season. Yeah, that's he great. Has, exactly, and he has actually scored goals for the Napoli team, including yes. in the reverse fixture against Milan. Yes. So, um, so it wasn't yeah. a terrible situation for them to be in, but he, you know, they were still missing a punch. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, to go over the um, actually one other thing before we speak about the formations is that interesting fact: Osimhen has been injured. 10 times since joining Napoli. Damn. And that is 18 weeks out yeah. for his team. So that is that that starts to show he's a great player and all yeah. but injuries do come with him. Yes, um and we we actually have discussed this before about how um the type of player that Ozyman is. He puts himself in certain situations where he's bound to get hurt. He yes, puts yes. his head where most players won't put their foot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
he's, uh, he's very crazy. He, get, he gets stuck in, bro. He's yeah. not afraid of a duel, and yeah. the wear and tear on him will be will be a lot by the end of his career. I think because sure. he's a very physical striker. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so basically, to, to go over the the um, starting lineups, we have Napoli fielding a four three three with Mere and goal, Di Lorenzo, Rahmani, Kim, and Rui at the back four. We then have Anguissa, Lobotka and Zelensky as the midfielders for this formation. And then we have Politano, Simeone and Gvara up front. On the opposing side, we have Giroud as the main striker. We have Leao, Krunic and Diaz as the attacking midfielders. We then have Tonali and Benacer as holding midfielders. And then we have Hernandez, Tomori, Kier and Calabria in defence with Magic Mike, the one and only, in the goal. There was always that um, that amazing clip from your episode with Santi. I know. I still, I still think about it, and it always makes the the, the reaction that Santi had. Yeah. I was so organic. I, we were first of all, we were blasted. <laughs> I don't know how much fucking joints and alcohol we smoked and drank before that, but as soon as I said that, yeah. he just he. I, I swear we had to pause the episode. I think ten times. <laughs> To make sure we could actually continue. At the point, I thought we had to cancel the episode. He couldn't. At the point, we would be continuing the episode literally half an hour later. And he'd start laughing about yeah. it again. I'd be like, man, I, I can't continue with this. Dude, 15 minutes into that episode and you're, you're just giggling. At the point, you were just both laughing for like two minutes straight. I was listening to that and I was like, oh my God. It was a mess. But it was amazing. It, it was, was amazing. Pure, pure entertainment. So, um, Okay. With that being said, we can basically go over the, the most important parts of the game. Um, before Milan started to take this game away from Napoli, uh, Simeone had a great chance to make it 1-0. Zelensky found himself in some really good in a really good pocket of space down the left flank. He then whipped a lovely cross in. Simeone took a first-time shot, and it wasn't too bad, but who knows? If Osman is there, maybe it's a goal, maybe it's not. But of course, you know, with, with football, you can't stay hypothesizing so often. Um, but it was a good chance for Napoli in any case. Yeah. Um, 1-0 did, of course, come out pretty quickly after that. In the 17th minute, Brahim Diaz receives the ball from the middle of the pitch. He managed to dribble past Lobotka and Mario E, opening enough space for himself to play the perfect through ball down the middle of Napoli's defence, finding Leao, who broke away from the defenders to score with a cool chip versus Mere. 1-0. Lovely goal. Amazing. Uh, you were very complimentary of this goal, I yeah. believe. But... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lovely goal. It's just the the assist and the the finish were just both so so flashy. You know, it's it so much fun to watch. Very good. And speaking of flashy, two zero then uh, is just as flashy. In twenty fifth minute, Leao, the scorer of the first goal, was then a major comp- contributor in the second goal. He receives the ball from the fourth yard mark, pushes forward, plays a lovely one two with Giroud. He then finds a brilliant ball to Benasser out wide on the left hand flank. He plays a swooping cross, Benasser of course, targeting Giroud. Kim finds a way to clear the ball away from Juru, only as far as Diaz in the box. With some neat footwork, he manages to trash a shot against goal. It's heavily deflected, however, and it's 2-0. It goes off Kim, and um, definitely a, a, you can start to see that the, the game is, is, is moving into Milan's favour. Here. De- definitely. Um, 2 0 in 25 minutes was not what people were expecting. Absolutely not. No, no, definitely. Um, we can then move on to the 3 0. In the 59th minute, Tonali fights his way in the middle of the pitch against uh, Lobotka Nogissa. He then manages to get the ball. He spins around both of them and he plays a beautiful ball with the outside of his booth into a surging Liao. So Liao receives the ball on the edge of the box. He still has a lot of work to do, however. 
He manages a cute dummy against Rahmani. He makes the Kosovar look like he's, he's ate way too many Snickers. <laughs> and then smashes a brilliant shot, shot into the top left-hand corner. 3-0. There we go. Uh, I mean, this goal was, was sensational, if you ask me. I thought it was done. I thought uh, I didn't think there'd be any more goals after this. Same here. And, yeah. and I mean, were we proven wrong? <laughs> yes, we were. 4-0, 67th minute. Probably the best goal of the night. We've just been discussing this, me and Jake. And I, I have to say that... Uh, Solimaker, Solimaker, Solimaker. Allah, indeed. It was a great goal. He gets the ball in the basically like 30 yard area. He manages to surge all the way forward. He starts dancing between midfielders and defenders alike, passing by five Napoli players. He gets into the box. And then slides the ball in between Mere's legs. Absolutely cheeky goal. This Belgian was on fire tonight. Amazing, amazing. They asked him, uh, Alexis, have you ever scored a goal like that in your career? He was like, no, only in training. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't blame the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how the game ended. Uh, absolutely dominant performance by Milan. Um, they were basically better than, than Napoli in almost every department, you can say. I will pass a few compliments to Napoli. I'll just say that Kvara and Zelensky were the, probably the two players who showed up for this game. They, they played relatively well. They were the kind of only two players who showed some kind of... Um, fight? Some fight and, mm. and, 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 and willingness to kind of score. I mean, Zelensky had some chances for his own. He gave some good balls to have, you know, for example, uh, Simeone almost score himself. Kvara was also uh, a menace, although, mm. I mean, you know... It was difficult for him to then finish the game on, on, on his mm. own. So, I mean, you're, you're not going to win a game against Milan with um, with two players on the pitch. No, definitely not. And um, I think one of the the main reasons that Napoli struggled so much this game was uh, the fact that Lobotka did not have a great game at he all. Didn't. He looked he looked flat-footed. Yeah. I think from the get-go, um, Ben Asser was responsible for a man marking him. It seemed like that from the get-go. But then um, they, they seemed to take it in turns. The, the Milan midfield were shifting around to actually mark yeah. Lobotka. Um, yeah. But they managed to to really keep him quiet. They did. they did. They really shut him down. And I feel like the fact that they didn't have to shut down Osimhen as well, it really helped them to prioritize mm-hmm. just Lobotka in this sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely... Brilliant tactics by Pioli, the brilliant performance by Milan. I mean, uh, it's going to sound a bit boring the way I'm just complimenting them, but there is really no way to, to not, in a sense. Yes. They, they just played much better. Honestly, and the fact that Milan are currently back with a very decent starting eleven, like like pretty much everyone's available, no, as, as you yeah. um, said earlier on. Um, they might as well go back to the system that won them the league last season. Now, there's no need to play this 3-5-2 when you're not in crisis. The 3-5-2 was a, was a good switch because Milan were getting battered by everyone with four at the back with Tatarasano in goal and all those key players out. Um, and it actually managed to help Milan go through to the next round in the Champions League as yes, well, the three yes, at the back absolutely. formation. So it's still something that might... It's a trick that might remain up Pioli's sleeve, no, in the, in the near future. For sure. And, and, and I think that's something to keep in mind, that it, it's always good to have a, other formations that your team is used to playing. I, yes. I, I, although I love the fact that, you know, you have a team and they play this formation through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. But the game has advanced to, 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 to the times when we used to be kids. And, you know, back in the day, changing of formations was not so evident and, and, mm-hmm. and normal, so to speak. 
Um, and I think nowadays to have additional formations to keep your opponents guessing, to keep them on their toes, and also to adjust yourself during a game itself, I think makes makes your team just a, a more formidable force yeah. in any case, even if you're not a top team. Yeah, and um, in fact, not many teams in Italy actually change their formation up very often. Yes, you look That's at right. that, like you look at. Allegri tends to shift it a little But it's always the same philosophy right? Yeah. Um, but I think other than that Mourinho kind of tends Mourinho to Mourinho plays around, around it yeah, he, does, he does But Inter man, But then you look at three, exactly three, three, Inzaghi, Sarri, Spalletti These guys tend to stick to their, their Italiano, Juric They stick to their formations Oh yeah guys. definitely yeah. Okay bro um, So did Milan impress you? Or did Napoli disappoint you? I, I want to say I want to say it's 50-50. I mean Milan mm. did impress me. They did they did they they certainly played better than I thought they were gonna play, mm. especially away from home. Um uh, but I think Napoli I think Napoli I think Napoli um, one thing I'll say for sure, I have a theory. Now, of mm. course, you and all the Milan fans that listen to this podcast, like Kurt and, and Sean and so on, <laughs> are going to fucking laugh at me. I really don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I have a feeling that Napoli kind of feel they've already won the league mm-hmm. and they quasi didn't take this game so seriously. And mm. I'm going to say one other thing. I think they didn't want to urge themselves too much and risk any injuries for the Champions League. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I'll say then they didn't they don't want to lose for zero either. No, yeah, exactly. So I mean, so this complicates the Champions League draw a lot psychologically. It, it I don't think it does. And and especially if Ozyman doesn't recover in time for the first leg, you know, and they don't get the result, then even at the Maradona, Milan can say, Yeah, we've just smashed them 4 0 over there. It gives you that reason to believe, no? Yes, it does, but it's it's also it's also it's also counterintuitive. I mean, what I've seen for, so far when Napoli lose, mm-hmm. they then go on a fucking win streak mm-hmm. for a while, yes. and they come back and they come back punching. But they've never lost like this, huh? They haven't. It's true. Um, it looked it looked definitely abnormal. Mm-hmm. But every team is going to endure mm-hmm. a loss like this. I want to see what happens next. I want to see in the next game, and then we'll then we'll chat about this in, yes. in the next episode. We'll see how Napoli reacts. Yes. Um, against, I, I believe it is, uh, they're playing against Lecce, and I feel like that's a good game for them to bounce back and recover that, you know, hitting the morale, and then there's Champions League. So, yeah. so let's see what happens. Let's see next. Let, let's see next game week, and then we'll have a chat about this and see what yes. we think about it. Regarding your point about maybe Napoli not taking this fixture too seriously, and the fact that they already think that they've won the league, they've been playing their best eleven. The whole season so far They have not rested Many players Yeah Like like They would have Champions League games Midweek And still play Ozyman at the weekend You know They they haven't really been Been um, Taking the league for granted At mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. Um, Another point To make Is that um, They were clearly rattled Napoli were la- rattled um, You look at the Halftime conversation Between Maldini and Spalletti Did you see what happened Over there in the tunnel um, Spalletti was telling off Leao for something. I'm not sure if it was about his celebration or about some something like that. And Maldini basically interrupted and said, "Like, what are you complaining about? You've won the league. Like, <laughs> stop, stop complaining." Basically, um, but yeah, they, they looked rattled. And for a team that has already won the league, they, I don't think they should have reacted the way they did. The fans 
we're in disarray. I don't know. They if fought each other, yeah. Bro, the fans fought each other. So you had... I mean, a he, part he, he of don't the, want to lose 4-0, bro. Yes, but it wasn't about that. It wasn't even about that. It, it all started because of the ticket prices of the Champions League. Um, ah. Apparently, um, Italian teams, so you look at Milan and Inter, the tickets are, are like 65 euro oh, it's each. Brilliant. It's very good. Well, very we good. should be living in Milan. Yeah, I, I wish. Fucking hell. Um, and Napoli's are 90 euro. So they're probably aware of their in, product. They live in the South. Exactly. And Arguably an area where people are less financially It's not strong. even arguable. It's a fact. Yeah, it's, 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 it's built in... The resurgement of history, yeah, yes, exactly. definitely. It's built in oh, the well, it's, that is... So that's, that's why they were chanting, you know, De Laurentiis, Filio di Puttana, or Vaffanculo, and all that shit. Yeah. Okay, okay. <coughs> yeah, not very happy with him. Not at all. But yeah. Shall we move on to the next game, sir? Yes, we shall. Let's crack um, on, then. League standings, very quickly... Napoli are first still with uh, 71 points, whereas Milan have climbed up to third place with 51. Very, very good, bro. You covered that game pretty damn well, has to be said. Huh? Hey, that's so, pretty good. The next one we're going to be talking about is Inter nil Fiorentina 1. Inter and Fiorentina have actually drawn 55 of their 170 Serie A matches. There have been 70 wins for Inter and 45 for Fiorentina. So Inter are the historical favourites as one might have assumed in this fixture. Inter were unbeaten in each of their previous 11 league games against Fiorentina with six victories and five draws. Fiorentina have defeated Inter in the top flight for the first time since April 2017. That was a 5-4 result at the Frankie Stadium. That was a crazy game, by the way. Uh, Vecino scored two goals for Fiorentina. Astori scored for Fiorentina. And Babacar oh, scored for Fiorentina. Like, I remember those May guys. Rest in peace, brother. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, for Inter, it was... So Vecino scores two and then they buy him? What happens? Ex- probably, yes. <laughs> that, that's it, right? When a player destroys you, you typically end up buying him. Um, Perisic scored for Inter that game. And Mauro Acquardi actually scored a hat-trick that game. He was so good with them, my guy. He was a fucking brilliant player. Now, Fiorentina have won five on the bounce for the first time since uh, their stint in 2018 between February and April. Guess who the manager was? They won six in a row. Stefano Pioli, my friend. Oh, Mr... Mr. Kniver. Old reliable. Old reliable. So, Inter deployed their 3-5-2 formation with Onana in goal, um, Bastoni, Acerbi and Darmian at the back, with Gossens on the left wing and Dumfries on the right wing. The midfield trident consisted of Mkhitaryan, Brozovic and Nico Barella, with Lukaku and Correa up front. For Fiorentina, it was their 4-2-3-1 formation with Terracciano and goal. Biragi on the left, Dodo on the right, with Martinez Quarta and Igor at the back. Bonaventura Mandragora played the midfield double pivot, with Jonathan Icone on the right and Ricardo Saponara on the left, with Cabral playing up front, with Castrovilli playing off his shoulders. Now, um, in the 10th minute, look, no, okay, so bro, um, you're going to get a bit frustrated, I think, over here. Because you, you love Lukaku, no? I do. Yeah, you I love Lukaku. I, I do love me Lukaku. And the, the play-by-play and the match recap is almost a compilation of Lukaku errors. The, the game felt like a, comp- like a montage of <laughs> Lukaku career errors. Like. <laughs> he was awful, bro. He was awful. He was awful. And this is after he scored, by the way, four goals on international duty, including one hat-trick against Sweden. So, yes. So, yes um, Belgium. Against ah, Sweden. Sorry, so yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. 
Um, so yes, in the 10th minute, Lukaku was played a long ball over the top, he was through 1v1, he took a heavy touch, he was slow, the defenders caught up and he lost the ball, right? <laughs> in the 20th minute, now here I felt a bit bad for, for Lukaku, because um, Miki Dona, also known as Mikitarian. Oh really? Yes. Is this his new name? Um, he took on the whole team, I don't know if you saw this, he knocked the ball past yeah, like two, two players, Sometimes this guy, man, charging. Just, just, he has these moments of, of, of bursts of acceleration. I have no idea man, what goes yeah. on this guy. Um, he ended up one-on-one with the goalkeeper um, from a weird angle, from an awkward angle, and Lukaku was actually wide open in the middle, and had Mkhitaryan played him the ball, he would have just had to slot it home, and it would have been as simple as that. Instead, Mkhitaryan went for the shot, Lukaku screaming at him like, pass, pass, pass. The ball falls to Mkhitaryan again for a rebound, and this time he attempts a bicycle kick. Trying to score again instead of saying, okay, I've already f- shafted this guy once. Let's not shaft him again. He shafted him twice in a row. Okay. So that was a bit of a selfish display from Mikitarian over there. In the 26th minute, Lukaku was also slow on a square pass just ahead of him and fucked up a 1v1. He fumbled another 1v1 situation in the 29th. He's trying so hard to get in behind, um, but the balls were just slightly too ahead of him as well. Um, Ikwana missed an empty net shortly after that. This was a series of blunders on both for both teams, to be honest. <laughs> now, halftime. Okay, in the 49th minute again, Lukaku missed uh, an, an empty net, just like Ikwana had just done. Um, he shot it wide after the ball was squared to him by Bastoni. I don't know why he took it with his left. He should have totally shot with his right over there. Um, that goes to highlight probably a confidence issue. Mm. And it's bizarre that a player who's just scored four goals for his country in one week actually has confident issues. It goes to show that his club form right now isn't ideal. Now, in the 52nd minute, Biragi gave a corner. Cabral's header forced the save and Bonaventura slotted in the rebound. That was the first goal and the only goal of the game. Jack Bonaventura um, doing his former club, Milan, a solid over there. In the 58th minute, Barella hit the crossbar through a rebound of a Brozovic free kick that had struck the wall. In the 73rd minute, it was a big miss for Raul Bellanova. Great save by Terracciano. To be honest, um, he did well just to, to get his shot on. It was quite, quite um, a hard shot to take. And um, throughout all of this, by the way, throughout the entire game, Cabral attempted two audacious bicycle kicks. Bro, talking point number one, enough chit-chat. Inzaghi, dead man walking? Um, I will say it depends on next week. If we see a, a, a torrid display in the Champions League where they are losing to Benfica from the first, um, from the first round, then I think he is. Um, I, I think he's only lifeline right now. You know what's the weird thing? Everyone keeps saying this, but then you see Mazzari constantly saying he's the leader, he's the leader, he's the leader. It's Inzaghi, it's Inzaghi all the uh, way. Marotta. Marotta, sorry. Yeah, Mazzari, Mazzari. Mazzari is the old guy, the, the previous guy. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, now this is, this is a great segue into this next thing I wanted to tell you. Um, I wanted to tell you this earlier, but I saved it for the podcast. Okay. Former Lazio player, Marco Parolo. Remember Parolo? He's a pundit yeah. nowadays. Um, he said in an interview, he was asked, um, what is Inzaghi's weakness as a manager? And he said it's his ability to man-manage his team, his ability to handle his players. In what way? Now, he leaves the leadership aspect of management to certain players in the team, prolific players. Perhaps, let's say, um, Handanovic, Barella, the likes mm. of Acerbi, maybe, you know, the likes of these, these, these elder or established players. Um, 
Parolo contrasted this with Allegri's managerial style, where no matter what happens at Juventus, Allegri is the manager. He's the guy in charge. He makes the rules. Everything goes as he says, essentially. Now, this is coming from a player who actually spent many years playing for Inzaghi. So what do you make of this? Um, this, of course, can manifest itself on the pitch if there's conflict between players. You know, if, if you have a player leading the team and he, he fights another player, that's yeah. on, on the pitch conflict. The manager can't really... Yeah, he can't really, yeah, he can't really do anything about that. Like, Guys, don't yeah. fight. Exactly, uh-huh. and we know how weird Nzagi is with his substitutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it does seem to be the case, because I don't feel like he's the... It's hard to say, because I wouldn't say he's a bad man-manager either. Um, mm. But clearly, like, clearly it seems like some players get neglected, or, 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 or there's a lack of, of real authority there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it feels that players on the pitch do what they want to do. Mkhitaryan in that situation playing for Conte Mkhitaryan passes that yeah <laughs> you know or he again, gets it, fucking then, real and <laughs> again it's a different system eh? it's all it about is. like you know the, sc- the strikers have the score kind of thing yeah um, so it's hard to say man it's really difficult to say I feel like he definitely isn't on the best in the best situation in Zaghi wise but then the question is well Actually, I was going to say, what, then the question is, who do you sign? Actually, lately, there are a number of managers who have just become very interesting prospects. Yes, um, there's and the Bayern Munich guy as well, uh, Nagelsmann. Bro, there's Conte free. There's man. Conte, exactly, available. And does he want to come back to Inter? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Simeon is available, um, but he's the highest paid manager in the world. He's but then I, th- I think he would take a pay, t- a pay cut then. In that Most case. likely, I think he... Oh, I think I'd he wants to, to manage I'd love Inter. to see Simeon at fucking at fucking. I want to see him in, at Serie A. Yes, I, and I, I would love to see. Him I think at, I think we'll I'd see love it. to see him at Inter because I feel like he will make a team which is so interesting to watch attacking wise. Yes, and 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 um, counter attacking wise, you mean? <laughs> at least yeah, they attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when they attack, they attack seriously and they they attack deadly as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that would be. Oh, that would be so. I would be so. I would love to see. I just want to yeah. see him in Serie A. To be honest with it's you, that's true. Inter would become a team that hits you with their cheeky pinky up the stinky. Huh? I I feel like they're the best team to be that cunt team yeah, as well. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd like them even more. I think. Yes, but anyway, bros, it's safe to say that for Inter, the situation went to become worst. <laughs> Maybe we'll be hearing that a few times more <laughs> if Conte comes yes. back. Bro, Lukaku's next move. Now, we know he's not staying at Inter. We know most likely he won't be staying at Chelsea. Where should this guy go? So it's confirmed he's not staying at Inter. I mean, I don't think they afford him, quite frankly. Hmm. And even if they do, I don't know if they want him. I think they do want him, actually. Yeah? I think they actually do want him because of the fact that you have to keep in mind that barring one player, which is Martinez, they're not spoiled for choice up front. And I don't think you want to be shifting out three strikers. Correa, I think, leaves. Maybe. He's I think there's a good though. chance he leaves. Yeah. Zeko, okay, he might stay, but he... Now we can safely say he is definitely aging, mm. and it now it is it is being seen. He can still score, he can still play well, but I think it's limited now. But I think with the financial situation at Inter and the fact that they're not even guaranteed Champions League next season, are you sure uh, they sell Skriniar and they offer a few more players? They make it. Uh, they bro, make it, Lukaku. Uh, they're in a state of disarray with their owners. Huh? Everyone's up for sale. If the right price comes for any of their players, they'll sell them. And this has been publicly discussed. No, I'm sure. Yes, I believe you. Um, well, as well, in, in the case he doesn't say, um, 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they let Lukaku go back and they bring in someone like Nzala, for example, because that's that's the kind of trend they've been doing, you know. They they sell Hakimi, they bring in, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dumfries, bring, yeah, you know. Yeah. They've brought in Bellanova from Cagliari. They do Aslani from Empoli. To be fair with you, I feel like there are quite a few options this season that look that uh, Inter can get a get a, get a player on the cheap, so to speak. Um, so so it, it, you know, there's like you just mentioned, there's Inzola, there's going to be um, there's uh, Inzola, there's Dia, yeah. um, Beto as well. These yeah. are all um, really strong. Or rather strong um, uh, hot prospects this season. They've mm-hmm. all played very well. They've all scored a plethora of goals, and they all look look keen to to, to find a new team or to find the next stage in their career as yes. well. And I think Inter could be a brilliant pace for that. Yes, bro, um, most definitely. And um, there's a point I wanted to not a point. Sorry, there's a funny little little fact I wanted to share with you oh, about um, a up. sexy pastry shop in Naples I want to tell you this during the Napoli game okay. Okay? there's a sexy pastry shop a in sexy Naples. pastry shop yeah apparently Why is it se- what makes it sexy <laughs> um, I'm not sure but I do know one thing about them and they're okay. selling Ozymen themed treats called Pizel Ozymen so and you, 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 um, get, you get Ozymen's cock you get Ozymen's penis dude oh my god so and girls will buy it what? And apparently, girls dude it's all the dudes in Naples <laughs> Just buying this, this pizzell Ozyman. So everyone's just buying. You just see men eating Ozyman's cock, basically out yes. in public. Yes. Yeah. How would you feel if you're Ozyman? You just see like you just see a bunch of like. Oh, I'd be over mid- the moon. <laughs> I'd be so flattered. I mean, typically, you, 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 you see, know, you see these Italian men with their hot wives, and they just—they're just going at your dick, dude. There we go, dude. You That's see, it. I mean, what what more do you want in life? Yummy, yummy in my tummy, dude. Eva. No, some, um, before we move on, it's only natural to praise Fiorentina at the moment. I yes. think that they have fantastic squad depth. They have built they a nice little unit over here. Um, shout out to um, Rocco Comisso, who has always displayed a lot of. Um, Passion, passion, yes, yeah. for 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 football, and yeah. and he's so involved with this team as well. If only more people were yes. were like that. True. And Italiano did not have a great start at the no, to his, his Fiorentina. There were, there were questions right. if he's going to stay. Exactly. They were, they were like 14th or something at the point. Yeah, but they now not, they're, yeah, they're, they're on the up. The trajectory is positive. And looking at their midfield depth, their, their offensive depth, and everything, the defense is the only thing that I think could do with, could use more depth. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. But, but wow, like, like wingers, they've got like six options. <laughs> they've got them. We discussed this often as well, you know, they've got the likes of uh, Brekalo, you've got the likes of Icone, Sapanara, Sotil, Kwame, Nico Gonzalez, they've got everyone basically, everyone on the dog over there. Um, we're also looking at um, some nice midfield depth with Castrovilli really coming into form right now. Um, you've got Bonaventura, you've got Castrovilli, you've got um, you've got Amrabat, you've got old Mandragora who's playing amazingly. Honestly, a really nice team to watch right now. Very fun um, contenders for a double this season. Potentially, yes. With the Coppa Italia yeah. and the Conference League. So yes, let's keep an eye on Fiorentina. Um, and hopefully they can keep this up. Now, I still haven't opened the league table. Those of you who are regular listeners will know that I do struggle with this. I have just Googled league table without writing which league I am looking for. Any league. Can you yeah, still ask about the Premier League, please? <laughs> I saw them. Chelsea are very low. 12th. Ah, they're doing very well this season. Yeah. 
But yes, um, Fiorentina are currently in ninth with 40 points. That's five wins in a row for them. Damn. Hot form. Damn, yeah. While Inter are third. Inter, yes, are fourth Sorry. with 50 points. They have four losses in, in, in five games. Yes, yes. God not, damn, that ain't good, Daniel. Not looking good at all. It isn't. But you know what's looking good? Lazio looking good. There we go, bro. There we bloody go. Um, Lazio, and we're going to move on to the next game. It's Monza Lazio. Lazio away from home. And they still managed to sneak away with a 2-0 win. Um, to, to, to come in and speak about the, the form of both teams, we have Lazio with two wins, one draw and two losses. Whereas Monza have one win, two draws and two losses. Um, uh, I wanted to check about the head-to-heads a bit between these two clubs, but they've only fa- fared against each other three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. And basically, it's two wins for, for Lazio and uh, one win, one draw back in 2006 in a, in a cup game. Oh, yeah, there we go. I mean, this is Monza's first season in Serie so they're literally making history with every single they game. They are, they are. Um, but yeah, what we can basically say from, from, from their form in the last five games was that it's, it's, it's similar form, um, nothing to, to, to write home about. Of course, Lazio with a bit better form than, than Monza, but equal, equal in terms of form. Of course, not equal in terms of quality of players on the pitch. However, what we can sta- state is the fact that, again, both teams were fielding relatively their strongest squad, Monza had Ravella coming into the starting lineup for the first time in five games. And basically, we have injured Immobile still with Felipe Anderson coming in the middle of the, uh, the strike force up front. Other than that, we have standard teams here. Um, what I wanted to say was the fact that um, the statistics for this game uh, between Monza and Lazio were, were, were very weird, actually. Um, I'm going to go over a few of them. For example, we have <clears throat> we have Monza with the most ball position in, in, in this game in this game week compared with Lazio in tenth. So we have Monza with thirty four minutes and twenty three seconds with Lazio with twenty seven minutes. We have Monza with the number one top pass success rate with ninety percent to Lazio in third, equaling with another couple of teams with eighty seven percent. Lazio with the most distance covered in the whole game week with one hundred seventeen kilometers compared to Monza with 107. We then have Monza with 14, 14th ranking with most attempts to Lazio 18th. And then, you know, this keeps on going forward, back and forth. But basically, Monza is, is, is ahead of statistics in, in, in most of them, in top scoring chances, in top key passes. And then Lazio had a bit more dribbles than, than uh, Monza. But that's simply because of Zaccani and how good he is. So, yeah. so, so when you look at the statistics... Monza actually played relatively well in this game. And I think they may feel a little bit hard done by not getting a result mm-hmm. here. Uh, I think, honestly speaking, I think Lazio got a bit lucky in this game. I don't think it was one of their better games. But, you know, that's football and, and sometimes it's, it's the way it is. Um, but one thing to be said was, even though Lazio's stats don't look particularly um, uh, horny, they... Uh, and without their, their main talisman up front, you know, which is Immobile, they have to readjust. And they have still been clinical. Yes, no, they definitely. Have. So, 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 yeah, um, to go over some of the chances and, 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 and goals of the game, we have the first goal coming in the 13th minute from Zakania surging, surging down the left flank, dribbling past a static Marlon, 
who unleashes a terrible cross, I have to say, into the box. It goes nowhere. Um, it's looking like it's hitting towards Felipe Anderson. And then you find Nicola Ravella with probably the worst sliding block I've ever seen all season. He basically touches the ball. It falls perfectly to Pedro, who then slides the ball into the back of the net. And it's 1-0. Yeah, um, unlucky there. It was super unlucky. I mean, you, you, you replay that scenario a hundred times. It doesn't happen I think, ever again. Yeah. Simply because of the fact that Ravella totally mistimes this challenge and it goes perfectly into a surging Pedro. Um, the first half was super exciting. I think it was one of the most interesting first halves of all the game week. There were chances for both sides. Zakani coming close with the shots from the left-hand flank. Luis Alberto with a, one of his classic out-of-the-box out of shots, which almost The scored. curlers, The right? curlers. Ooh. Senzi with a brilliant header hitting the side netting. Petania coming super close against uh, Provadel in the box from a corner. Or I think it was a cross, actually, sorry. Um, really entertaining half. Both sides really wanted to, to, to score again. They looked very equal, actually. And then I, I, I feel that Monza started the second half really well as well. However, as, we, as the, as the scoreline states, it didn't end up being 2-0. In the 56-minute um, SMS told everyone, I'm taking this free kick out and 25 yards out. And um, no wonder why he, he, he curled a, bl- a bloody beautiful um, shot up to the top left-hand corner. Um, Di Gregorio had no chances what a goal. And it was a lovely goal um, It's my second goal of the week If you ask me If, if, if yeah. Posh didn't score yeah. that goal um, But yeah you know, Lazio managed to, 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 to grab, another, grab another win So you have to keep that in mind uh, Especially without their talisman So you know, credit where it's due um, yes. uh, One interesting thing to note Is how aggressively uh, Monza started the second half You look between the 47th minute And the 55th minute There were four yellow cards For their players So you can they tell must have really wanted, They yeah. must have really wanted a, a, yeah. a strong start And then one minute After those four cards That's when Sergei Milinkovic Savage scored And that was pivotal I think the timing Of both goals yes, Both yes. lots of goals Was that's massive why, That's why I wanted to say He was a little bit lucky Because mm. I think if, if it was if it remained 1-0 I really believe Monza could have gotten A draw here Because they, they yeah. played Relatively well They really did Like it was one of their better performances yeah. of the season and as a whole and they didn't even have Pessina who was who was out uh, suspended i believe yeah. so 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 yeah and he he has been although not showing in the goals department so much he's been still one of those players who um has been a catalyst for for bringing the ball up front and winning the ball and then bringing basically he's been that like channel between the def- the yeah. defense and, and and the attacking midfield um, one thing I'd also like to say, unless you have something to, 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 to point no, out, no, it's okay. um, I wanted to say that I think Provedel won them the game. He mm. made some really good saves. He kept the game. Uh, he kept the game one zero back, uh, back back in the first half, and it, it could have changed everything, to be honest with you. And and um, he was he was a main catalyst for for for, yeah. for, for that game. Alongside Zakani, who I gave to be the man of the match, um, he had a brilliant display again. He was dribbling players like it's nobody's business, being a huge nuisance down the left-hand flank. He almost scored on his own. I mean, on his own attempts twice, uh, and he was basically the, the main catalyst for the first goal yeah. as well. So, um, and actually, an important stat: he covered more than half his team's dribbles, uh, top go. dribbles this this game week. So we you can see how pivotal he's been. The fact that there's there's no immobile there, he has really shone. Sean, right? Yeah, yeah. Sean, um, Sean Brigantley, uh, yeah. with, with his actions. Ah. Shine, to, no, to shine, 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 shine. Oh my God! Shine, Anyway, we'll uh, we'll we'll pretend that we, yes. that didn't happen, and you guys can tell me how to actually pronounce the word shine. Yes, we'll, 
in the we past tense. We're not bilingual. <laughs> yes, I definitely am not. I speak um, uh, English. But anyways, um, what I want to say, and we can end with this, is it's it's just really nice to see Sensi not injured the whole season. Actually, I know, football. actually getting continuity. It's it's, it's nice. It's really nice to see him. I, I I I'm always happy when I see him on the pitch. He's an extra smaller mm. player, and the fact that he can actually play football and show he's he's. Half decent at it again when he's yes. not when he's not bloody injured all the time. It's nice. I, yes. I, I just wanted to. Had he point. not been so interrupted by injuries, I would say he's a, he's up there with the likes of Benasser and Lobotka, man. He could have been. He, yeah. could, he could really have been. I feel like he should have hit the gym a bit more. But yeah, hey, maybe I strengthen mean, those legs. Strengthen that whole body, bro. <laughs> <laughs> did you read the lineups, by the way? Oh, I did not. Sorry. You did not. Um, Shall we go through it quickly? Um, I, I mean, who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Lazio one, yeah. pish, pash, posh. Let's no, just keep on going. Um, I'm new, guys. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep drinking okay. my wine. Actually, you're doing very, very well, bro. Um, I want to point out the the importance of... Or not the importance, rather, but how impressive Machine has been in the middle. He's been great. Now, I really like this guy. And the few times I watched Monza and Sayabell last season, he always stood out as one of their best players. And it was always the case that um, with Monza going to Serie A and Berlusconi being the owner with Galliani as his right-hand man, there would be no room for a player who's a Sayabell talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in fact, Sensi, um, Rovella... Pessina, these guys were brought in, and I thought that Machine wouldn't see the light of day. But it's nice uh, seeing him still feature in the starting eleven um, yeah, and every I, now and then. I, 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 and he's played a fair bit as well. And um, mm. I, I feel he's good against these teams where you need a bit of physicality as well. Yeah, yeah. he's a good player, a good little player. Yeah. Okay, bro. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yes, sir. Standing, standing, standing. Standings. Lazio we have Lazio are in, in second place with uh, fifty-five points, whereas we have Monza in thirteenth with thirty-four. There we go. The next game we're going to be covering is Roma 3, Sampdoria 0. My boys who saved yeah. my fantasy week. There we go. Roma had lost three of their previous four league games coming into this game. Um, Roma risked suffering three consecutive say, uh, defeats for the first time since July 2020. Oh, Lord. Sampdoria, on the other hand, missed out on the opportunity to win two matches in a row in Serie A for the first time since November 2021. Okay, so yeah, they've been quite they've quite been, shit lately. Poor, bro. Yes, um, Sampdoria drew their previous away match against Roma and Serie A and could have remained unbeaten in two league games in a row at the Olympico Stadium against Milan, uh, Milan against Roma for the first time since 2006. That was two draws under Walter Novellino, but of course that was not the case. Um, Sampdoria fought and they fought hard. But it was not enough for Roma. It was their 4-2-3-1 formation with Rui Patricio in goal, Spinazzola on the left and Zalewski on the right with Lorenta and Smalling at the back. Lorenta, another one of uh, Mourinho's revelations over here alongside um, Zalewski and Sol Bakken, for example. Matic and Wijnaldum formed the midfield too, with El Sharawi on the left, Dybala on the right, and Pellegrini playing behind Tammy Abraham. For Sampdoria, it was Ravaglia stepping in for the injured Audero, Zanoli on the right, the Napoli Loni, Augello on the left, Tamione and Murillo at the back, Leris Rincon and Harry Winks were the midfield three, with Cuisance and Juricic playing off the shoulders of Gabbiadini. Now, um, Samp actually started the game well and the first shot of the match came through them in the 20th minute um, through Cuisson. So you can tell what kind of match this was oh, already. It must have been really interesting. Yes, um, we're looking over here at Stankovic against Mourinho. Um, the, the 
pupil meets the master no essentially um, Stankovic actually played for Mourinho during the treble winning season oh yes Ravaglia pulled off a few great saves to keep Sampdoria into the game going into the second half they entered the second half nil nil and it really seemed that Sampdoria were up for the task and up to actually get something out of this game but in the 52nd minute um, another one of Sampdoria's lapses in concentration occurs and uh, they shoot themselves in the foot yet again I'm surprised they're not out of bullets and their feet are still in place but yes um, Murillo this like time they're shooting their toes like one by one exactly they're shooting you know? their toes off one by one literally they're about <laughs> 10 right and then, and they just I start mean, shooting Jake, uh, the fact that you had to question how many toes you had <laughs> is really doubting um, are you a cyborg there we go bro <laughs> so yes, Murillo in the 52nd minute got a stupid yellow card and was sent off. Uh, how many times have we seen some player throw games like this? I have lost count. Second and then, sorry, yes, the second yellow. Did yeah. I say the third? You said the, the first yellow. The first yellow. The second yellow. So the floodgate, the floodgates have been opened in the 52nd minute. In the 57th came in. Exactly. Here come the orcs. In the, 50, <laughs> in the 57th minute, there was a Matic cross. Wijnaldum bounced the header in over the goalkeeper, and that's 1 0. In the 88th minute, Dybala scored the penalty. And then the 93rd minute, El Sharawi slotted in a Sol back and pass from into the bottom corner. And this was an amazing goal over here by El Sharawi and the great assist for Sol back in! And that's pretty much game over for them. And now, um, at the end of the game, there were a few. Racist chance towards again. Uh, yeah, bro. I can't believe it. Like, and and uh, it's, it's for a completely different race this time. Really, uh, white guys. White guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> towards the racist transfer towards Stankovic. You can oh, imagine what they call crap on top. Yes, and and um, Mourinho actually silenced the crowd, and the ban was only at uh, the ban. Sorry, the fine was only a five thousand euro fine, um, and and the the court actually said that Mourinho intervening. Actually, save them some money over there because oh, they shit. cut the fine. So look at Mourinho go. Good job, Mourinho over there. And okay, he does love this guy, man. Stankovic said he's proud about of his roots and he should be proud. He has had a fantastic career. He's a great person. Everyone loves him. Um, great guy, great guy. Stankovic. I love him. He's, he's, yes. He was such a joy to watch at Inter. Yes, the goals he scored. Those oh half, God, those huh? like middle, middle of the middle of the field shots from 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 a ridiculous way out, and he's yeah. just, just scoring them like. Like the balls made of a fucking feather is just—he was—he was super. It's it's insane. Yes, um, yes, he was a super player, but unfortunately, as a coach, statistically, he's the worst in Sampdoria's history. Now I think but that's harsh. It's very harsh because what team is he working with here? Yeah, you know, no, I mean, no. the, the the team is in shambles. He picked up a team which was already in shambles, so it's not like the team um, was 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 was. Decent in any case, mm. it just—it's it, a team of. To be, you know, to if you look at the team individually, it's a good team. But if if you place it together, it's like you're mm. trying to create a cake, a beautiful cheesecake, and you know what you get, man? You get a fucking pie. Okay, if you fucking get a minced pie, it's like you say, "Oh, you want dessert? Oh, here is this dessert. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's cheesecake. Oh, it love looks lovely. I love the cream on top. You you slice it open <laughs> and you fucking see meat coming out. You're like, uh, sorry, but this is savory. No. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And and in fact, yes, if if you look at the individuals on this team, they're either up and coming players on the rise, looking to impress, but yes. they don't have enough experience to actually yeah. make a difference. 
Um, or else veteran players who are past their best, their, their best and, and quite frankly still hanging on to top flight football. Um, you look at Rincon. You look at Rincon, exactly. Like, what you, I, to say, you, you look, I mean, like, uh, what, what I want to make point of is this. Gabbiadini as well. Gabbiadini, yeah. Duricic, man. Another you know what's one. funny? You always see Sassuolo sell, you see Sassuolo sell half the team, so half the time they're just making money. Mm. But then they sell, like, the older parts of their place, and you go, why? Yeah. And they always flop, man. It's true. I feel like they know when it's to true. sell the shitty players. Dude, I was so upset. But then they also they, sell their, they always sell their best players, yeah, so I'm not going to say yeah. anything. But when they let go of Caputo, I was so... I was shocked. shocked. I was shocked. It made so much sense. He's a different player, man. Yes. He's a different yeah. player nowadays. Like, they, they, they probably saw it's not worth... He, I'm sure they wouldn't have minded to keep him, but yeah. but he's just not as good. He was serviceable. He gave them everything he could. Yeah. Time to move on and and, and cutthroat. No. Yeah. Next, moving on. Professional executive decision. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. Yes, bro. Um, regarding talking points, this was an important win for Roma. Mourinho has recently praised Bellotti's mentality, saying that um, my boy. The way he recovered from his injury and returned early and gave everything was was super admirable. Um, it's safe to say that Abraham is no longer his pupillo. No, he's no longer his little baby. I, I mean, I mean, I feel like the ball is a little baby now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. physically and 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 uh, metaphorically as well. Yeah. And I I feel like you can't you can't keep praising Abraham Zay. When he's just not scoring goals. Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, uh, you, you you can like him all you want. You can like what kind of player he is. And he's not a bad. He's not a bad player. I mean, Chelsea have molded a pretty decent player, but he's a striker and he's not scoring, man. That's it. At the and end I mean, Belotti's not scoring as well. But what I'll say is, Belotti has his fire in him. Yes. Sometimes Tammy looks like he's just he's just got his cock out after time, yeah. <laughs> and he's just he's just trying to put his pants back in. Yeah. Today I feel uh, gay. <laughs> No, no, but seriously, like, jokes aside, he looks sometimes a little bit half-assed, even yeah. though he's technically very good. I think it's just his uh, his physique that gives off that. His You think so? He's so I, big. I, I, yeah, of course, he's big, but it's just something sometimes is just missing mm-hmm. in this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether, maybe it's the team. Maybe, like, Roma's not be. his I, team. I feel like he, he looks isolated a lot, to be honest. Maybe the team isn't, isn't, isn't good for him mm. as such. I think... Uh, one of the main things that has bothered me about Abraham, and this is something I've noticed particularly because I've been, I've been keeping a very close. You know when you take a player on fantasy football and you just watch, you just them, watch the fuck out of them, watch the you fuck out of them. Indeed, is obsessed. Tammy Abraham, for his size, isn't as good as he could be in the air. Yeah, that's true. I think he should honestly. His, he should be but so he's lanky, dominant. Bro. That's it. That's he's it. Lanky. He's too lanky. But, like but then you know. You, you put some weight on him, and then you struggle. You end up struggling in different departments. He won't be able to be as to display his his technique as much. You know, like he's so good with the ball yeah, at but, his feet but right his now. But his technique isn't scoring him goals, man. That's but but the hold up play is good. The yeah, hold up play is you, good. You, you can't be chunkier and still have a good hold up play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you man, can. I, I mean, if, I, if 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 I'm gonna speak about the um, uh, but not in the same way, huh? Sure, man. But if I'm gonna speak about let's is, let us go personally here. If I'm gonna speak about my. Football attributes, which there aren't many of. Um, the one good one I would feel like is that I can hold the ball pretty well. I'm fucking five eight, okay, and there I weigh go. 
I weigh 71 kilos. So, I mean, know. that's fat for five that, eight, that's, huh? that's, that's, that's pretty <laughs> fat. That's pretty fat for a five, five of eight, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you don't have to have like insane technique to be good at holding up the ball. So, so I feel like, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think he does need to put on a bit of muscle to, to, yeah. to, to be able to out muscle players, man. With that fucking height and a bit more muscle, you're going to be making fucking defenders look like. Unmarkable on set pieces and Mourinho set pieces. Good luck, man. Yeah. Good luck to any yeah. team. Good luck. You've got fucking Roger Banias, Mancini, and Abraham looking at you like a you got jacked Mar- Abraham. And then you got Matic at the back. Yeah, there we go. Hiding his Jack Daniels before a Champions League game. <laughs> you ever seen that photo? I've never seen it. There's a photo of Matic. I don't know whether it's after the game. No, I don't know whether it's after the game or before. He's like, he's like cheering. With, I think it was De Gea in, 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 in a team photo at Manchester United. And you see a fucking Jack Daniels at the bottom. Before the game. I think it's after. Oh, okay. But you can see his intentions, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. He loves his Jack. There we go. There we go. No he's, problem. But he's not a Jack no of all problem. trades. Oh! All right. <laughs> so, yes, let's go to the league standings. Roma are currently in fifth with 50 points, while Sampdoria are down in 19th with 15 points. Sure, However, correct. they do have um, 10 games remaining, and Sampdoria's fixtures in the next four games will give us a clear seven. idea. Seven. Literally seven. Seven, ga- the next, seven games. The next game. But, but the, the next four are the winnable ones. No, the next four are like no, 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 bottom. But then, then they have, okay, then, okay, they have Fiorentina, they have yeah, like, Torino, yeah. which are still winnable, though. Okay. Yes, they, they they definitely can. I mean, they're way harder though. But I think direct encounters the next four games. They're looking. They're playing their relegation candidates. Yes, the next yeah. four games decide their season. Exactly. That's it. They next four, four games will know if they're going up or down. This is like the last four games of the season for them. And yeah. now, now exactly, it's up to them now. So now we'll see. And to be honest, they had been better, but now we'll see. Yeah, man. But you know, another three-zero loss is going to affect you. Yeah, it's going to affect. You. Off we go. Off we go to, to the, the next to game. The, to the Wizard of Oz. Oh, to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in the next game, we have Juventus 1, Verona 0. Um, a standard Allegri game, like we like to say. Um, nothing fancy, so to speak. And we'll just go over a bit of the, a bit of the form, head-to-heads, and, 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 and all, this, and all these um, things in between. We can say that... Uh, for a fact that um, this is an interesting fact and stat since the Monza game okay that Monza got all those trippers and had a, had a load of fun on their coach yeah um, Juve have been criminally underrated yes and how at how consistent they've been you Do know it. why in 15 games they've lost twice they've drawn twice and won 11 times oh my god don't tell me that's not yeah Fucking league no, winning yeah. form almost. Honestly, honestly. Yeah. And you know well, what? Uh, this season is second place. <laughs> sure. I, oh, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just speaking in, 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 uh, in metaphors here. Of course, Napoli have been better. Uh, I, I'll apologize to Steve almost. And I will say that you've got the second best team in the league. You know, uh, I apologize yes. to Steve. I think he's right. Um, I feel, although what I will say is last Since just, the beginning of 2023, right? Maybe we're talking about Sure, that. but what I, what, I, what I will say is a fact And Steve is our friend By the way, he's a Juve he's a, he's a Juve fan You can listen to him on the Juve special <laughs> And what I'll say is that um, Lazio, with the team that they have I think that they're exceeding expectations And they're definitely the best Second best team mm-hmm. But Juve's form Definitely the second best Yeah Different. And, okay. I, I, and, and now you can't argue against it. No, because at the end of the day, you look at Milan's last game and they make a, a point, you know, to, to be up there. But at the end of the day, since the, the restart, 
there haven't been many teams. There hasn't been a single team apart from Napoli who was as go- who's been as good as Juve. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, uh, so, yeah. they've been super, and they've been doing it with young players. Yes, uh, typical. And they're bringing in these young players exactly. Yeah. So atypical to Allegri's um, reputation. Completely true. Uh, and to continue, basically, um, uh, with the last five games for each team, Juve have registered four wins and a draw, whereas Verona have registered two draws and three losses. The last time Verona won was back in the middle of February. Okay. So you can imagine, just loss after loss after loss for almost two and a half months. Yeah, I wonder what happened just before February. They sold fucking Illich, their last remaining playmaker. Good point, man. Good, yeah. good bloody point. So yeah, you know, it, it, it's looking dire for Verona. But anyways, um, this fixture as a head-to-head fixture is um, pretty one-sided. Not totally, but... Pretty one-sided. Juve winning six, whereas there are two draws and two wins for Verona. Yeah. Um, what I will say, and I, before we go into the to, to starting lineups and to, to some to some players who had different um, different call-ups as to as to others, is that had Juve not been deducted those points, they would firstly be in second with 59 points, four wins away from Napoli. That is not impossible to chase, by the way. Oh my god! Keep that four in mind. Wins, four, four wins. Four wins with ten games remaining, and I mean, they have I'll, to play Napoli. And they have to play Napoli. Ooh. Keep that in mind. That's, that's yeah, all. I'm yeah, saying. yeah. We have to see, of course, if the appeal is lifted. If the appeal is granted, I don't well. think it's going to happen. I or, think it will. Or, you know, yeah? I would. I, I, I would like to see it happen because I, I frankly feel it's unfair. If if they are getting penalized, Atalanta have to get penalized. Inter have to get penalized, um, and even Napoli. All these T3 three teams have had shoddy or, or shady, sorry, transfers. They've all had them, especially yeah. Atalanta and Inter, especially. Yes. yes you know? And true. why is Juve the only one getting, getting, getting the... Because it was so obvious. Okay, That's sure. Apparently. doesn't matter. That's it. It's still happening as well. No, no, I, oh, I, the only I, one, the only team. I don't like when, the, when political punishment is imposed on a team and their season. Yeah. I think it needs to be separate. It does. I think maybe at most give them a transfer ban, you know, but but a po- Start, points... Started de- next season, man. Yeah, point deductions is fucking weird, dude. Started next season. Yeah. And, and let's say they do give Juve these 15 points back. The, the loss against Monza might have not happened had had yeah. Juve not had the the, 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 the demoralization of yes. having 15 points yes. deducted and having to face fair, Monza fair there enough. and then. Fair enough. But anyways, it is, it's, a, it's a point of contention and we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, some things to mention. Um, that uh, Barancia came in for, for Juve yes. uh, in the starting lineup. A man who's only had 119 minutes this season. Um, and and Milik came in for for uh, for for Juventus after two months out. By the way, yeah. uh, Verona fielded their most um, basically standard squad with Veloso coming in in the starting eleven. So for the formations, we have Juve with their three five two. We have Chesney in goal. We have Gatti, Bremer, and Danilo as the back three. We have Quadrado on the right, Fagioli, Baranke, and Locatelli in the middle with Deschilio on the left. That was quite a surprise as well. Yeah. Deschilio on the left. Then we had Keane and Milik up front. Whereas we had Gaich and Lasagna up front for Verona. We had Duda as an attacking midfielder. We had Diapoli, Veloso, Tamez and Faraone in the midfielding lineup. And then we had Ceccherini, Maniani and Dajwedovic as defenders with Montipo in goal. As for the, um, the, the, the characteristics of the game... 
we had <coughs> Verona starting actually very well. We had chances for Diapoli and Duda both coming very close to scoring. Duda had a great shot on goal, which Chesney saving relatively com comfortably. We had Diapoli with a, a lovely volley in the middle of the box. It just scraped past the post. That could have been a beautiful goal, another mm -hmm. goal of the week for 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 our content for mm -hmm. our um, honourable mentions. Along with the other seven, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, for the most part, actually, I'd say Verona was the better side. Um, you've had some good displays, but the weird thing was that you've had those good displays in in in, in set pieces. They came close from free kicks. Mm -hmm. They came close with set pieces, but in the actual um, game itself. Uh, it looked like Verona was 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 more hungry for it, but yes. it could be maybe, maybe Juve was soaking up pressure. You I know, think they 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 do like yeah. to do that. They like to tire out the team and, and then go for the kill later on. And they and got the job done by while resting players, right? That is true. And uh, and they did go for the kill, uh, one zero in the fifty fifth minute after a cagey start again in the second half. We finally see Locatelli. Uh, it was nice to see him having a great game this mm -hmm. this this, this uh, game week. He received the ball way up the pitch. Um, Without many players to choose from, by the way, he, he only had one real choice. It was Moise Keane, who was very loosely marked inside the box. Very cool finish, bottom left-hand corner. Um, Verona then had a number of other chances to score. Um, Lasagna almost was a one-on-one -on -one with, with Chesney, which Chesney managed to clear in, in the last second. Yeah. There was another shot by, by Verona who, where they almost scored. Um, but Chesney was basically up for this task and managed to keep it. 1-0 uh, Keane has been really good considering he hasn't had that many games to show himself and I, I feel like I feel like uh, he's really done well in, 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 the, in his this, this season for Juventus and I think that it's nice to see because uh, he was he was so poor last season and it's yeah. nice to see him scoring again and I, and I, I like course. to see it at the end of the day he's uh, 23 years old yeah no he's um, an Italian guy who rubs certain members of the fans the wrong way. Yes, um, and it, it is nice to see him scoring because it is clear that he's a talented player. And apart from the talent, he has always shown, in my opinion, professionalism, great industry. He's a oh, hard worker. Yeah, he is. He he's is. a hard worker on he the is. pitch. He doesn't have that lazy bullshit about no, him. He doesn't. he doesn't have that attitude, that that, that arrogant. Bull he all he's always willing to run. He's always willing to work. He's always willing to press. And yes, shout out Moise Keane. Shout out Moise Keane. You're very moist. Quadrado um, had a great game, by the way, as well. Mm. Um, it's funny that every player I've criticized Bro, yesterday honestly, has basically had just, the game of the... Just you wait for the upcoming games, bro. Just you wait. Gonna, apparently, they, apparently everyone's going to become a top. Apparently. Everyone, you said flop for a score, pretty much. Honestly, it's been, it's been, it's been absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, congrats to Quadrado, because I like the guy. Yeah. So it's good for him to have a great game again. Um, you've had very middling stats, by the way, in this game. Uh, they had 13th in most distance covered with 109 kilometers. They were 8th in um, top passes completed, 10th in, ten in top key passes, um, 9th in top scoring chances. You know, very middling stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are um, you back to the best playing this, like, um, uh, containing football and then just going for the kill in that, in that really particular moment? This is what Allegri knows and this is a very um, effective way to, to rack up points you know, for Allegri and to yes. remain competitive on every front, quite frankly. They're taking part in three competitions right now. Um, they rested quite a few players over here. You know, They thrive on set pieces because of how well drilled they are. Um, 
over here, you know, you look at a one 0 win over Verona, who are gonna give, who are gonna come out biting. You play yes. against Verona, they're fighting for their life. They're a rat in a corner. Good luck getting a rat in a corner. You yeah. know, they're, you look at the fact that they started Gatti, De Chilio, Berinchea, again, thirty-five-year-old Quadrado on the wing, their best striker on the bench, um, teenager Fagioli in the middle. Yeah. Like you know, uh, yeah. it's it's it's. They get the fact that you get three points and a clean sheet with this formation is a massive win. Granted, yep. the manner in which they do it is, is um, unappealing. It's unappealing. It's risky. Yes, because defending a one lead for pretty much for, for half an hour, right? They had half an hour. The, the, well, Forty the minutes. One, yeah, there we go. Forty because minutes because it's fifty-five exactly. minutes. Then you have then you have thirty-five, which is till nineteen. Then you always have like five minutes, so pretty much forty. There we go. I'm Mr. Steve. You're fucking liver. <laughs> You're not gonna comment. <laughs> did you like Mr. Steve? <laughs> I did not like Mr. Steve. I Mr. Steve was, private, our, was our maths I used teacher. To go to Mr. I used to go to private lessons with Mr. Steve. Really? And I used to hate it so fucking much because why? I'm not well like everyone uh, is. I don't know because my mother hated me. I guess uh, she basically made me go there because it was close to where we used to live, and um, he always used to. I think he. She basically used to quasi flirt with my mom. It used to be <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll call mommy if you're not good in class today. And I'll be like, bro, I'm not even saying anything. I just don't give a fuck about maths. I'll call mommy, Luke. I'll, be like, I'll call my mom. Hey, you want her number? Yeah. She's single, by the way. Yeah, you're not going to study? I'm going to fuck your mom. <laughs> fuck her, I mean, whatever, bro. Whatever floats her boat. There we go. Yeah, this podcast is taking a few weird turns. It must be the wine. No, it must be the... I mean, we're almost done from La Torre Primivito. There we go, dude. I need to put on the game. One second. You little monkey. <laughs> okay, we're back. We've got the game on, which is starting in five minutes. Um, we've peed. We're good to go. Now, the next game we are going to be covering is Cremonese 1 Atalanta 3. Atalanta are the team against which Cremonese have drawn the most Serie A games, 7 out of 12, with 4 victories for Atalanta and 1 victory for Cremonese. Cremonese were unbeaten in their last six meetings with Atalanta in Serie A. Would you believe that? What the hell? They had one win and five draws since a 2-1 defeat in September 1991. They've been absent from the league in a while and these stats are always fun because they sound so sensational. They do, eh? And they are the absolute opposite of sensational. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're... Super factual and logical. Now, Cremonese um, under Davide Ballardini have been playing a 3-5-2 formation in most games. This time it featured Carnesecchi in goal with La Cosvili. I always struggle with this guy. Bianchetti and Aiwu at the back. Valeri on the left with Piquel playing on the right. Benassi, Meite and Castagnetti were the midfield three. Ciofani, the veteran striker, was partnered up with, um, well, by Italian standards, a youngster, 23-year-old Saju. For Atalanta, it was their 3-4-2-1 formation with Juan Musso in goal, Toloi Palomino and Scalvini at the back with Zappa Costa on the right and Ruggeri on the left. Ederson and Derun formed the midfield double pivot with Pasalic and Muriel playing behind Duvan Zapata. Now, the first goal actually came in the 44th minute when Zapata's cross was deflected and fell into the path of Martin Derun, who slotted it in his second goal in his last two games. Has he ever scored before that? 
He has scored, but never two in a row, I think, for Atalanta. <laughs> I don't think he's probably ever expected that to happen. Yeah, probably not. And, and it came at a good time for our bet and this goal. It sure did. Now, in the 56th minute, Toloi um, handled the ball. There was a penalty. 37-year-old um, Shafani stepped up to take it. He has done so a couple of times this season. And he converted by going down the middle. In the 73rd minute, um, the goon squad, no? Um, Gasperini brought on... A couple of names, you know. He took out the Colombians, you know. He's like, "Fuck it, guys, off, ciao." Um, no, yeah, he, you, you can. He brought on Hoyland. He brought on Lookman. He brought on Jeremy Boga, and that's when they shifted gear. You know, they went out of third gear to fourth to fifth. Oh, there yeah. we go. Um, in the seventy-third minute, there was a long ball to Hoyland, exactly where he likes it, right in front of him. He charged down the right and squared it to Jeremy Boga, who converted, and suddenly it's two-one. So Jules skied a good opportunity after some slick link-up play from Cremonese shortly after that. In the eighty-ninth minute, Hoyland actually missed an open goal after Derun's perfect cross. Derun's in really good form right now. Yeah, has been. Valeri had an attempt in the 90th minute that just went wide. It's crazy how sometimes you have these profiles in the team that um, no matter where they play, they get in situations to make the difference. Valeri is one of those guys. Uh, Valeri plays as a fullback, but um, he, he often finds himself in positions to make the difference for Cremonese. In the 92nd minute, Boga nicked the ball off your Cremonese top. Piquel, and he drove. He played it to Ederson, who laid it off to Lookman, who scored. My boy, your boy, Lookman. Lookman. Now, bro, um, this is something that's often been discussed. Atalanta only have one competition to play in. Yes. Do you think that they are contenders for that top four spot? They are not. They Simple are not. As that. No. With the form that they're in, which is super streaky. And the fact that there's Inter-Roma and arguably Juventus all between them and behind them. Um, they're, just, they're just too streaky to get that. They're just way too streaky to... You know what? It could happen now that Inter come on and don't lose a game until, last, until, until the end of the season. And that could happen with Atalanta too, playing uh, once a week. Not with their team, man. Not when you're heavily reliant on two strikers. Yeah. You know? Coop Miners has stopped scoring. Okay, yes, Zeruna scored two in a row. But, you know, in the past, you'd get goals from Hatabar or Male, or you'd get a random Toloi goal. Mm. These, have, these have all disappeared. Like That's true. Their high scoring has all disappeared. So, it's pragmatic nowadays, isn't You know, it? so it's now... It, yeah, it is. So I, I, I don't think they'll make it. I think it would be a miracle Look, for them to get that the ball. Point. The ball is in their court. Sure. Or on their pitch. Ha! <laughs> Um, oh, they have to you. play a few direct competitors coming up. They have to play the likes of Roma. They have to play the likes of, of Juventus. Inter and the likes of Juventus. Exactly. They've got a few games. Now, with, no, uh, with knowing that now, where they have to play literally the, the people around them and Fiorentina as well. No, yeah. I, I, you know what? I die on a spike. That happens. So if anyone wants to be dead, they can wish for it. Cool. Be. Please send over your artwork. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, okay, so Atalanta, for you, the dream is dead. I don't know. The ball's in their court. They have gone on runs before. I feel like this season they do look a little bit streaky. But, uh, I don't know, they have certain players who can really make the difference in any game. But I don't know if, if their system nowadays is good enough to compete with the likes of um, Juventus. Uh, quite frankly, even Fiorentina look yeah. very good. Roma as well, you know, Mourinho against Gasperini. Does Gasperini have what it takes to, to actually best Mourinho on a direct encounter I'm not quite sure I think Mourinho is too street smart to let that happen um, bro 
Gasperini's impact substitutions, right? This is a this is something he likes to do. He likes to leave his best players on the bench and bring them on the second the second half starts. Um, Lookman, Hoyland, and Boga were on the bench. Muriel and Zapata, who have barely scored the season, they have barely done anything the season. They started the game. Um, do you think that his idea, the, the whole philosophy behind this, is for Muriel and Zapata to tire out? the team to do the legwork and then eventually you bring in the I good guys and you just I destroy them smart man I, I really genuinely feel like he wants I think he I think he has such a respect for his two old guard and he's mm. starting to give them chances and I just and I think that I think the next game he's gonna he's gonna the, the look man Hoyland will be back in, top, in, the, in the starting line I don't know about respect for his old guard you're looking at a guy who's so cutthroat when it comes to letting people go no He's looking he, at Papu Gomez, Ilicic, you know, the shit, you know, he just lets he, them go. Ilicic was just basically weird. He doesn't want to play yeah. football anymore. Gomez, Gomez had a fight with him. Though. Yes, yes. So, you know, and Zapata and Muriel don't fight with him. They're just, they're just past their best, essentially. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like he wants to try. I feel, I feel like he maybe believes that they still have it, mm. but they're just not scoring. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the case, um, and that's most likely the case. Personally, they, I mean, they it, look like two good. shells of the players they've been. They, you know what, man? I feel that they've been struggling with a team like Cremonese. <laughs> I swear to God, man. They would struggle with a team like that. They would struggle to be the main man up there. Um, they they don't look good. They really, like, if you look at the way they play, yes, compared to other players in smaller teams... They look, they but look. then uh, for, with Zapata, I tend to agree nowadays. Especially, he's no longer the formidable force he used to be. But Muriel has that IQ. I feel like if you put him on a Cremonese team, he could. He'll grab a few goals, sure, man. Not only the goals. I feel like he would be the main offensive outlet, kind, kind well, at least for maximum minutes. sixty minutes. Yes, because <laughs> you know he's kind of unhealthy, <laughs> unhealthy for uh, unhealthy for an athlete standard. Standard, of course, he's way healthier than me and Mentov over here, for example, who. Of what three months left, at most, at most. But yes, um, yeah, that that seems to be the case, right? He saves his best for last, and Hoyland came on, and he absolutely changed the game yep. immediately. Yep. Cremonese, bro. Done, dead, done, bye, done, done. dead, and bye. I said this, I said this, um, literally uh, a little bit ago. They're done. I think that they they, they accept that they're they're over. Yeah. And if they're done, then Balladini's out, right? Because Balladini tends to take over these projects short term, right? He'll I probably mean, be sacked if not by the end of the season. Then, he'll be sacked by June. Then halfway through the next season, that's the that's what happens with the Balladini. Yes. Um, if so, who do you think would be an interesting managerial profile for Cremonese to take on, considering their their Serie A experience? Now? Maybe Pirlo. There, there we go. Why not? Yes, that's Pirlo a, that's could a come back. And, you know, after after having such a torrid time at Juventus, he could come back and now have a brilliant. Have a brilliant attempt to, um, you know, claw, claw his way back into 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 mm. league football. Um, uh, Di Francesco, could, Francesco could also be a very interesting person to come back yeah. and try recover a team who has been out of sorts. Mm. Um, I was thinking even Shevchenko might be a good place for him. Like he's, I don't think he's a good manager, in my honest opinion. I don't know. He's still young. He did okay with the Ukraine squad. I, gr- I get that um, international football is different. Very different, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 I would I would bank on like Di Francesco to be honest, or or um, maybe. I think Pirlo's overqualified, which is funny because he totally isn't. But on paper, he is. On paper, he is sure he wouldn't go to a Cremonese, but I yeah. think it would be a great move for him. Maybe it's Zaghi. 
Mm, yes, another say about him for him. Pippa, right? You talking Pippa, about Pippa, of course. Simone, not his brother. Poor, yeah. poor guy. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone hates him. Okay, but Limone. Come on, Limone and Zagi. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. So let's. Conclude what about who would you be? Who would your be? Right? I think Di Francesco. Di Francesco and Shevchenko written as the okay, main, as okay. the main. Well, we're not too far off. Then. I think Di Francesco would be a good shout. I think he needs to revitalize his career a little bit over here because he had a great start, very promising manager. He did bits with Roma, he did bits with Sassuolo, but then he dipped aggressively. I think. I think the, the game changed. Yeah, the game changed a lot, and I don't think he adapted very well. Okay, I think he got figured out personally. Could because be. with Roma, we saw two sides, no? We saw a side that went almost all the way in the Champions League. Gotti could be an interesting one. Got, yes, that's not such a bad one, Gotti, actually. Um, but again, say a manager, no? Yes, yes, true. It's, it's weird. It I, don't, I don't see him going to say it. But anyway, um, Cremonese sit in 20th with 13 points, while Atalanta currently sit in 6th with 48 points, just two points off of that sweet, sweet fourth spot. Agreed. Uh, and shall we move on to the next game, sir? Yes, please. I believe it is Bologna Udinese. Oh, yes. And uh, that score ended in a very emphatic 3 0 win for Bologna. Um, you would not have believed that a week ago, had there not been the international break, where Udinese were absolutely balling against Milan. Mm-hmm. But that is football for you. Yes, so yeah. if we can check the form. Of these two teams, we have Bologna with two wins, two draws, and one loss. Whereas Udinese have two wins, two draws, and one loss. Absolutely as equal as you can get. And um, so, yeah, this could have this could have been a more fair encounter than this. Um, arguably, you could say that Udinese had a slight edge, especially had there not been the international break, because they had just trumped Milan in such a way where it just looked like morale was increasingly um, increasingly high uh, but that is the way it is there was the international break and I believe that that did, that did um, put out some steam for Udinese and it gave Bologna time the um, master coach that he likes to believe himself Mr. Motta to yeah. create the perfect plan and boy did he do that oh, but wow. I will say that there were many things in his favour which um, definitely helped his master plan for succeeding we had standard teams here for both sides. The only um, interesting changes of note was Bardi coming in for the injured Skorupski. Mm-hmm. And then we had Mr. Tova coming in for the most successful player in Serie A, Isaac Success. Yeah. <laughs> cheap, bro, uh, cheap joke. I'm sorry, but I love cheap jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so, as um, formations have it, we have Bologna in a 4-2-3-1. We have Bardi in goal. We have Posh, Suomaro, Lusumi, Kyriakopoulos as defenders. We have Schotten and Mora as deep-lying midfielders. We have Ibisher. Arbisher. Arbisher, excuse mm. me. Arbisher, we have Mr. Ferguson and we have Barrow as the attacking midfielders. And Sansone up, up, up in front. The guy who never ages, apparently. <laughs> and uh, he's still playing football. Yeah, he's 31 years old, but he looks 23. He looks right? like he's 23. Yeah. Honestly, give me your genetics. <laughs> uh, we have Silvestri in goal on the opposite side. We have Ziegler, Bijol, and Ehuzuebi. 
close enough. Sure. I tried my best there. No Sorry for these. Uh, good luck with the midfielder. Okay, we'll try it. We have Udoji and we have Pereira, Lovric, Samardic, and Ebosele. There we go. I fucking nailed it. <laughs> you, you, nailed little, it. you little bastard, okay? <laughs> and then we have Beto and Thovan up front. Um, some points to note. We've mentioned most of them. All I'll say is that it looks like Bologna have seemed to find the perfect starting eleven and mm. and um, formation. It I took feel like so, it took some tampering. About it Motta. did take some tampering, and I believe that although there's lots of critique towards Motta, he has gelled a good side here so far. Agreed and, totally. And, and I think it's nice to see because yes. you know people give him a lot of shit, but so far it's working. Yes, no. And you I know, mean, for a team like Bologna with such history, it's nice to see them playing well. Yes. So um Tiago so, Motta burst into the scene with his obscure, wild, wasn't, bizarre... Wasn't he the guy who had like four attackers or something? It was, it four was a four weird something. formation, uh, something mad. I don't even remember what the hell it was. But um, he's, he's honestly walking the walk right now. No? He is walking the walk. and I, I, He always seems smirking on the pitch, mm-hmm. you know? It's like he knows. It's I want like to punch knows. him sometimes. <laughs> it's like he knows. But no, anyway, no how, how, how can I punch a guy who's fucking smarter than me? You know, I have yeah. to fucking bow down, essentially. But anyway, we'll go into the um, <clears throat> match highlights. We have 1-0 coming in in the third minute, by the way, where Posh gets the ball in the middle of the middle of the pitch, basically, 35 yards out or around about that far, that far out. And he decides to, you know what, score the goal of the season, by the way. Yeah. He thunders a shot. All the way from there, and it screams into the goal, absolutely unstoppable. And apparently, enough scoring is Udinese. This guy that's his yeah. second goal in two games. No, sorry, it's two goals in, in two, two goals, two goals in two fixtures. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know that he's the highest scoring defender in Europe's top five leagues? Holy balls. Stefan Posh. He's quite posh, huh? He's quite posh. He is quite posh. And uh, hot little talent over there. He is there. a hot little talent. Well done, Bologna, for signing that boy up. Um, hot little talent. He's 25 years old, but still, hey, you man, know, that's, that's, that's a good player anyway. He's pretty young, yeah. okay? 25. Yeah. yeah. Mind you. This is Italy you're talking about. We're people yeah. shine at 35. Exactly. I mean, he's 19. Exactly. He is. Which is basically cat years, but in reverse. Exactly. <laughs> so, we can still make it in Italy, bro. Holy shit. We'll go ask criminals if they can play. I'll be like, please. Please, yeah. I've got some major yeah. talent. Exactly. I can hold the ball up better than Abraham's. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 2-0, 12th minute. Moro gets the ball outside the box, some like 20 yards out. He starts dancing like he's some Argentina samba dancer. He finds himself some beautiful space, a pocket of space. He then smashes the ball with his left hand, with his left foot. And it's a brilliant shot, bottom left corner. Silvestri, again, pretty much no chance in saving that one. Um, then Udine have three brilliant chances to grab a goal back by Beto and Samarzic alike. Um, however, none of them managed to, to, to get that all-encompassing goal. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's basically a, a, a done deal, uh, 3-0 in the 49th minute. The visitors was, were once again punished for a slow start in the second half after very sloppy defending. They give Moro lots of space in the box, then allow Barrow to come in surging from outside the box. He then picks up the ball from Moro and scores a very deserved goal. His first goal in 15 games, mind you. Very, very important goal for Moro. He's been really wanting one of uh, for Barrow. He's been really wanting one of those for Honestly, a while. Honestly, Barrow is one of those players who shows up like 
three times a season, <laughs> no? And it's always towards the second, the latter part of the season. He does, yeah. He does like a and random goal here and there. And when he's on, he looks, he looks really. He good. looks lovely. Yeah. I, I wish that there was a better team. He was on, and that could really mold him. But then, would he be molded? Or would I he be think this out? is. I think honestly, at the moment, um, this is the perfect environment. Absolutely, for him. no, no, but absolutely. I would just like to see how he would be at a different team, learning problem, from different players. That's uh, my point. Uh, yeah, yeah. The problem is if um, Motta leaves, because I feel like right now there, there's a certain core of players at Bologna who finally have the appropriate guidance because let's be real no, no disrespect to the late Mihailovic of course but his his time there was more of a respectful thing right yes, it, was, yes. it was more of a it was like we owe you for your service yeah we're kind not of thing. You. yes, yes. Um, great manager but of course over uh, at the over, end of the over day the it, year, it plateaued no yeah, yeah. it definitely, definitely did but you look at the likes of I don't know Musa Barrow you know uh, you look at Ferguson hot little talent you look at Shouten hot little talent you look at Arbisher hot little talent Posh hot little talent guess what they're, they're all talented players and they all come from different parts of the world and this Bologna side has always been fun and it's always been quite modern actually and, yeah. and, and a very very nice interesting little project absolutely agree um, some more, some a few extra points before we can uh, we can head off to the next game. But I could have definitely made this five or six. By the way, <laughs> had several attempts on goal even after they've scored three. Sansone missed a one on one after a great save by Silvestri. Domingo shot wide, um, just just above the goal from about twenty five yards out. Bologna absolutely dominated this game. There's not much to say as such in a way. Um, you know what's the funniest thing though? They've been dominating games much more than when they have Arnautovic. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it is a new coach. Sure, agreed. We can definitely agree that, that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the game plan is going to change, but uh, they do they do look more coherent mm-hmm. as a as a unit. It tended to look like Arnautovic was their saving grace. He's mm-hmm. there to grab those goals to kill a team, and he did. Yes. He definitely did have those games where he just killed the team. But I just think that they're a better team without him at the moment. Maybe. Um... Mota's system does require your striker to press a lot, right? Um, Arnautovic is not opposed to high press. Huh? He's a very industrious, very player, very aggressive player. player very yes. aggressive. Yes. So I think I, he could still be serviceable. I with, think it's an for, for Mota. I mean, clearly, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, he seems to have matured. He seems to be a leader in this team. He d- hasn't really had a problem since joining no. Bologna at all. Um, the last. Controversial thing we've seen Arnautovic do was that um, celebration when he scored for Austria and the Euros yeah. way back when. Did he uh, yeah, yeah, and then there was um, Alaba trying to shut him up and all that. Yeah, yeah he didn't want to shut up. It yeah. was basically because of uh, yapping, yapping, yapping away. You know, yapping. one of the thing um, as a Sassuolo fan, it hurts, but it's really nice to see the resurgence of Kyriakopoulos. I really like this player. I think he was misused at Sassuolo. Definitely. He was definitely more of an aggressive player than a defending player. Um, but I feel like at he... Sassuolo, yes, he was. A, no, no, no. Just as, a, as in general, he's a more he's a yes. more attacking player than he's defensive. Agreed. In, agreed. A, in a team which need defenders, yes. As 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 the you that, know, that, that's that's spot on because Sassuolo. You look at their fullbacks, bro. They 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 don't really they don't they, they don't they really insert back. themselves. They sit back. They, yeah. they can't anyway. You you can't insert yourself when you have Laurie Honte and you have um, Berardi on the other flank. Well, what are you gonna do? You yeah. just basically so up when, space for 
And when you have Ferrari and fucking Icon at the back, you can't. No, Icon's gone. Tresoldi, no. Tresoldi, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Yes, I think Sassuolo do leave. Like they attack with six, no, the midfielders yeah. and the attack. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So you can't have two full backs as well pushing up. So exactly. I, I, basically, I'm just very happy to see that guy. Um, and I, I feel you'll see another goal from him um, till the end of the season. Um, yeah, I'm just basically very happy for the guy. I think he's a good player, um, and I feel like he, he's definitely got chances to stay in the league. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Shall we move on to the next one? Absolutely, sir. So the next game we are going to be covering is Sassuolo. You're a Sassuolo, bro. Your babies, my boys. One Torino, one. Oh, she's oh. no. Sassuolo have won four of their 20 matches against Torino in Serie A. There have been eight draws and eight losses against Torino. Oh, boy. The reverse fixture. Um, it was a Sassuolo victory, actually. Sassuolo could have won consecutive games against Torino for the first time ever in the top flight, but missed out on that opportunity. Only three teams, you'd love this stat, bro. Listen very carefully. Okay, listen, understand. I'm listening. Only three teams, Napoli, Juventus, and Lazio, have won more points than Sassuolo in 2023. 21 points. In this calendar year, Sassuolo have also scored 21 goals, only fewer than Napoli, Atalanta and Juventus. How can you not love these guys, man? Honestly. How can you not love this team? Honestly. They they start from having the best kit in the league and they're followed by having the best wingers in the league. A kit that, by the way, will be illegal soon. It will be banned because the colour green is no longer going to be allowed in the coming years. That's fucking shit. It's shit, yes. And it's ridiculous and whoever made that rule... We have to speak. To be fair, we for, have to speak. for the observer purposes, like it, it doesn't make sense to have the same color as the pitch on your t-shirt. So change the pitch color. Change the that's it. Blue football pitches. Blue and blue or black football pitches. Okay. There we go. And white balls. That's very racist, Jake. <laughs> so Sassuolo. <laughs> Lined up with their 4-3-3 formation with Consigli in goal, Tolian as the right back, Rogerio as the left back, just as it's been for the past 28 years. And Ferrari <laughs> and Ruan were the centre-back duo. The midfield three consisted of Henrique, Lopez and Fratesi, a very mobile midfield three. Yes, agreed. Lovely midfield three. Lauriente was on the left, Berardi was on the right and Penamonti was playing up front. For Torino, it was Vanya Milinkovic Savage, the titan in the goal. At the back, he had Bongiorno, Schurz and Gravelon with Singo on the right, Ricardo Rodriguez on the left, Samuel Ricci and Linetti in the middle, with Sanabria up front with Vlasic and Radonjic playing off his shoulders. Now, in the 30th minute, Radonjic found himself in a good position and smashed the ball into the crossbar. Perhaps he should have done better. He should have definitely done better in that situation, come to think of it. And the 35th minute, Berardi had a cross shot converted by your flop of the season, Penamonti, scoring against the run of play. Quadrado, by the way, your other flop of the season, scored in the semi-final against Inter yesterday and proceeded to dance in a very cheeky and naughty way. And then yeah, punched the player in the face. Yes, yes. As, as people do in this sport. There we go. So, yeah. In the 65th minute, Tony Sanabria scored. It was a fantastic diving header from the Paraguayan after a Valentino. Lazaro cross man Tony Sanabria no matter who Torino have no matter what their situation is you can count on Tony Sanabria to get you a handful of goals in a season in the 75th minute Radonjic missed another good opportunity failing to hit the target credit to you he was your flop bro for me this game Torino were the better team thoughts 
Uh, first half they weren't. I, I I feel it's a it's a game of two halves. Sassuolo definitely. Mm. Sassuolo bust the game till about the middle of the second half, and then it was all Torino. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't say Torino were the better of the two. I feel like Torino came out in the second half more hungry. I feel like um. I feel like Sassuolo do Sassuolo things, and they always end up conceding a goal when the pressure is when the pressure is at its most. And and you know, they in in the end, even though they had a good game, they were lucky to come come up with one point because Torino had a number of chances to score. Um. But then again, uh, Lorientes scored and it was offside. Yeah. Then the same thing happens for Vlasic, which was offside. So, so um, you know, it's 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 a catch twenty two kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, Torino maybe edged at the end because it, towards the end of the game they had more chances and more clinical chances. Um, so maybe yeah, maybe they did. They were the better of the two, but I, I would still say it was pretty even. Okay. Were you satisfied with Panamonti's display this game? I think he looked better than usual. And mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, like I told you, I want He must to, listen. He must listen to the podcast because I've been shooting on him for quite a while. And I'm just glad, you know, I want to be proven wrong, especially with him, because they, 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 they brought in Panamonti to, to be the new player to keep them, you know, up, up high in the league. And, you know, it's good to see him managing to... to okay, the goal wasn't... Um, uh, Won the goal, but it's the goals you need. Yeah. Those shitty goals you need to score when they when when you know your team has to finish a shot off. And these are the goals the likes of Petania wish they were getting. Of course, and I I mean no offense to Pinamonte, but these are the kinds of goals he's used to scoring as well. He's not sco- yeah, used to scoring yeah, yeah. Berardi esque goals or Lorente esque goals. I don't think I've ever seen a Pinamonte goal where I said wow. But that's the kind of player yeah, he is. He yeah, just, no he, problem, you know, he no just, you, you're a guy, you're an Inzaghi, you know, you just yeah. get those shots, you just get those goals where you just need to finish finish them off. Hey, Inzaghi's I know. had a few bangers, huh? Of course, I mean, a different yeah. quality of player, but, yeah. you know, what is Inzaghi known for? For being offside and scoring with his ear. Uh, so, <laughs> essentially, um, in, 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 in today's day and age, uh, Inzaghi would have like four goals. Yeah. Ah! Oh. <laughs> just triggering you. I'm just triggering My you. My God. <laughs> I'm just triggering you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Sometimes it may be good. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. I am. Am I in big trouble? I'm, uh, you're in big trouble. If I speak, I'm in big trouble, but now you're in big trouble. Okay, now, moving on. Who has the better project, Sassuolo or Torino? Torino, as, as, as painful as it may. Because you cannot sell half your team every season and then expect to have a good project. I'm sorry, but who have Torino retained? Well, apart from Belotti, who have they lost? Okay, and Bremer, sure. Miranchuk. No, sorry, they've okay, brought them around. Oh yeah. God, I'm um, <laughs> um, but you know, they still kept players. They've still kept, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Singo, Linetti, and you know, they 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 still have some players from from the old guard. Voivoda as well. Yeah. So so there are some players who have been there. I mean, it. I think I think it would be really interesting to see how they end this season mm-hmm. how they end and how they start to reinforce next season and I think maybe something to speak with your brother to answer that question I feel like right now it's Torino who have been with the better project especially with the players they're bringing in they seem to be wanting to spend more on better quality players mm-hmm. but it could be that Sassuolo now 
want to change, you know, because they, they're now known as the the selling club. Yes. And do they maybe maybe Supermarket. maybe do they want to still be be that be that kind of team anymore? Um, could be, could still could still be the case. But um, you know, let, let, yeah. let's witness somewhere. And yeah. then we'll decide. But I, I, so far, I think it is Torino. You've spoken about Sassuolo being run like a business. Torino seem to have more greater uh, aspirations and ambitions. Um, the fact that they've brought on one of Italy's hottest talents in Samuel Ricci was quite a statement in itself as a signing. Um, yeah, now all we need to do is um, see Juric obviously remain. Yeah. That's very That's important essential. for them. Same, same thing with same thing with Sassu- yeah. Striker is yes. vital right now. Yes. Bring in someone. Bring in someone to play ahead of Vlasic and Radonjic or Miranchuk and Vlasic, whatever. And honestly, this team will transform. Yeah. With a proper number nine up there, a consistent yes. number nine. Yes, yes. Sanabria can remain. He, he's great off the bench. He's Torino super and, serviceable. Oh my God, Torino Dia would be amazing. They have some money, I believe. They could buy him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. They, are, maybe. they aren't bad on the books, I think. I think. I mean, they shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, who, I, who, who the fuck have they bought? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you but know, they yeah. sold Bremer and they've bought, and they have, they have didn't buy big money signings. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. Um, okay, so let's go to the next game, might as well, actually. actually Let me oh, quickly read standings. out where they stand right now. Torino stand in 10th with 33. Eight points, thirty-eight points, while Sassuolo sit in twelfth with thirty-seven points. Bro, you're up. Am I up? I'd like to hope so. I am up for the last and most encompassing game of the week. Um, I actually have one more after this one. Oh shit! Yes, it's true. Anyway, so penultimate game. So the penultimate game, indeed, indeed, we have Empoli one, Lecce nil. As they like to say in the land of England, um, <coughs> we have um, we have some stats as usual for for this game. We have Empoli coming in with four losses and one draw, whereas we have Lecce coming in with four losses and one win. Of course, again, we can say this is pretty even, Stephen. Shout out to Steve Colero. And we've got two teams who have been desperate for a goal, desperate for a win, sorry. And um, especially because that will definitely help them to solidify their place for next season. Um, Of the two sides, we have Empoli faring better than Lecce in these encounters. In the last games, we have Empoli with six, five wins, excuse me. To Lecce's three and then six draws for the two sides. We also have a few changes to the squad. We have Vicario who is still missing, and instead we have Perizan coming in for his replacement. We also have Umtiti out in exchange for Tuya or Tuya or Tuya, 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 okay, to you, to me, Tuya. <laughs> and then we have Piccoli back in the squad after a long stint out. Pretty nice to see, especially as he's barely had any game time. And last but not least, we have your flop of the season, Petzella, who came in for Lecce. He had actually a very good game, by the way. Oh, yes. So one guy was listening, one guy was listening. The podcast who wasn't my flop, okay. Um, so yeah, we have two teams in extreme. I guess the scored for Empoli. Fucking Caputo. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'm a, I think I'm a joke. I mean, honestly, I think I think my life's a joke at this point. 
But anyways, <laughs> as they like to say, prove me wrong, baby. There we and go. And they all did. They all did. They all, all, all did. They you all have your number. They love my number. You know, my number is... Um, say it. I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> Actually, they started calling me. Bro, I listened to the podcast uh, and, you know, I was really offended, to be honest. I was offended at the uh, Colombian statement you made. Yes. Um, Cabral, by the way, scored. We oh. missed it. Oh, did he? Yes. Um, the 20th minute. Fiorentina are currently leading 1-0 against Cremonese in the semi-final of the Coppa Italia. Holy balls. Um, one other thing to mention, this game was delayed, by ah, the way. Yes. There was a delay in the game. Um, there was a short circuit in the dressing room. So, uh, I can imagine a scenario where young teenager, well, young adult coming teenager, Baldanzi, was pouring his, you know, little espresso before the game, and he poured the water all over the fucking electronics, and he just basically short-circuited the whole stadium, <laughs> and basically everyone said, you know what, uh, please wait, we've got a cappuccino um, disaster which needs fixing, and the game got delayed by one hour. Had the fire actually started? A fire didn't start because of the, because of the electronics. Yeah. But I, I, I'm imagining it's the electronics. I was miserable. I, I was ready to watch the first half and then go to a five-a-side. And um, I didn't get to watch the first half. Poor you. Fucking... How was your five-a-side? Oh, it was terrible. Oh, oh it was terrible. I, don't played, worry. I played so badly. Bro. Oh, did you? Oh, my God. And, and I don't usually play this badly. What thing was it? I smoked a fat joint before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean um, that's not usually the so, best so, thing. To so, do. so get this right. Okay. Uh, I was sat waiting for this game to start. Empoli yeah. lecture, right? And I, I smoked a joint just in preparation. You know, I was like, all right, there's two hours till my till my five aside. I'll watch the first half of this, relax, unwind, and I'll go. I'll be perfectly fine. The game was delayed. I spent two hours just sat there waiting. Ah, shit. <laughs> okay. And then I went to my five aside, still kind of faded, and I was fucking terrible. So and basically, I, my breathing was fucked. So yes. basically, I don't no, recommend it at all. No it's matter, a stupid thing. No matter do. what happened, even if the game was on, you would have still been very high. No, if I, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it would have been a shit five aside regardless, but at least I would have enjoyed the first part of the game. <laughs> you, you, you didn't miss much, by the way. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so in the first half, in the first 30 minutes to be exact, um, there were a few cagey moments. Some wingers from both sides were looking um, re- re- relatively um, full of sprite, as they say. Uh, we had Parisi and we had Strefezza and Baldanzi as well, looking uh, all looking sharp for their teams in the first half an hour. Um, both defenses looking very solid and composed. Parisi was winning many fouls for his squad. He looked really up for this game. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, essentially there were not many chances apart from, apart from these, these, these little factors in the first half. In the second half, again, same thing, very cagey, um, very, very hard fought. I'll say, even though there were not many chances, the game was still interesting. It was one of yeah. those games where it's still nil-nil, but the way that the teams are both fighting, it was end-to-end, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like shooting and tar... Because there are talented players in the middle for each team. Yeah, there that's are. That's it. There you are. got Hulman against Mar, and that's already uh, exciting enough. Absolutely. You know, Akpa, Akpro and Baldanzi for Empoli, they're great players. You know, yeah. Gonzalez and Blin, they're, they're good. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, was, it was a fairly entertaining game, no matter the result, and no matter, no, no matter how, how the game was panning out. But in the 62nd minute... Parisi, once again, the star of the game, was super deadly up front, dribbling his way into the penalty box, and then Hjoilund with a very late challenge, a bit of a clumsy challenge, if you ask. Hjulmund. 
Oh, right, sorry, human, sorry. Hoyland's busy missing open nets for Atalanta. Oh, that's correct. I thought he plays on two teams, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, a bit of a clumsy challenge, if you ask me. Um, gave away a foul. Yeah. Uh, Parisi wasn't going to do anything in that situation. He was surrounded by players, but it is what it is. Penalty given. None other than Ciccio Caputo, the man who has bought a place in Empoli, the man who has signed a contract with Empoli that if they stay up, he will sign a two-year con- contract extension with the Empoli side, stepped up and scored emphatically. There we go. Second goal this season. Brilliant goal from the penalty spot. <laughs> I mean, sarcastic. I mean, it's just, it's, that's probably the only goal he's going to score. Did he drink this time? Um, no, he didn't drink any beer this okay, time. I are. mean, I, I think that's the reason why he actually was probably, probably, probably actually this game. Caputo looked; he could actually run. I was seeing him running today. I don't know what the hell happened. I think he also listened to the podcast. He, I think he got a bit offended. So uh, I mean, kudos he's a, to you. He's a thirty-five-year-old player. I know this. Well, okay, and um, I play handball with a bunch of thirty-five-year-olds, and they can run more than him. Yeah, and uh, and, and they, do they play in the top division? No. Who um, do they play with? They play with nobodies. <laughs> and where are these nobodies based? In Malta. And what's the population of Malta? Five hundred thousand. <laughs> and where are you, where are you going with this point? My point <laughs> is this guy is taking fi- playing a top flight in Italy. Sure, man, but doesn't give you any- so what? Just because you're fucking playing in top flight of Italy doesn't mean you run. No, but he runs, dude. He fucking runs, dude. He runs. Caputo, Caputo runs. has not been running in the last few games. That's all I'm going to say. Well, hey. for a 35 year old, he fucking runs, dude. Well, I, I sure fucking hope so. All right. <laughs> fucking hell. All right. Anyways, he is the game winner. The game ended 1 0. Um, my only point, to be honest, and I think this is the only defining factor of this game let you cannot think to win a game if you don't register a shot on target. <laughs> That's as simple as it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my only point. And it's the only point worth mentioning as such. Yes. Because it was a, this was a tight affair against an equal level, level side. So if you're playing a team on your same level and you can't register a shot on target, I must be telling you to score a goal. A shot on target, then, yeah. then you can't expect yeah. to win. None of their starters had a shot. None of them. Not even off target. None of them. You look at you look at the only one was Strefetza who had three shots. Two of them were blocked. One was off target. And the only one which was on which was towards goal was um, uh, as I was going to say something terrible, but it was pretty wide. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was wild, definitely. Um, we have our listener and fellow Serie enthusiast, um, Roma fan and Empoli admirer, Matthias Crusell. He sent us Crusell. I'm sorry if I've butchered your surname. I'm not sure if it's Crusell. Crusell or Crusell. Yes, he said it was a hard fought and cautious battle between two teams on very bad form. A very good point over there. Both teams long for a win, but obviously dreaded yet another loss more. Even though none of the teams really fear relegation at this point, both Lecce and Empoli lined up four at the back and three rather central midfielders few chances came through action from the strikers rather the attacking midfielders of Baldanzi and Strefetz had the most opportunities outside the box through free kicks and long shots it was noteworthy that Zanetti chooses to replace Akpa Akpro with Fazzini when the former got injured Fazzini had to move up the ranks or had moved up the ranks rather seemingly above Haas and Henderson at this point Fazzini looked good and fared up well physically in scrappy midfield battles and that's a fair point Fazzini actually looked pretty good this game did, yes. and the fact that um, yes he brought him on over Henderson and Haas who have been more consistent and more yes. regular uh, yes. names in the squad it's quite a good, an impressive feat for Fazzini 20 years old Matthias thank you very much we really appreciate your little 
um, a little your your lengthy I, I rather think. your your lengthy analysis of the games. Um, honestly, it does open our eyes to certain perspectives that we wouldn't have even noticed prior to this. Um, shall we go into their league standings, brother? Uh, we should actually. Not my biological brother, of course. Oh, I, I was getting excited for a second. But okay, <laughs> if you want to do me like that, fair enough. We have Lecce in 16th with 27 points, whereas Empoli climb up to 14th with 30 points. Yes, the next game we're going to be covering is. Spezia 1, Salernitana 1. Uh, this could be seen as a relegation six-pointer over here if Verona and Sampdoria and Cremonese weren't so wildly inconsistent, or rather wildly consistent at dropping points. Yeah, so that okay. is quite consistent, actually. Yes, for Spezia, Leonardo Semplici Spezia, it was a 4-3-3 formation with... Drongovski in goal Nicolao as the left back Amian as the right back with Caldara and Ampadu as a centre back partnership Kovalenko Ekdal and Burabia were the midfield three with Jazzy on the left Verde on the right and Shumorodov up front for Salernitana it was Ochoa in goal with Danilo Lich Gyomber and Pirola at the back Sambia was on the right Brotheridge was on the left with Koulibaly and Velen as the midfield two Kandre Evandia played behind the not so formidable nowadays, Piontek. Now, um, KG, KG, KG first half. And the first actual goal came in the 43rd minute. And this was when Koulibaly's forward pass to Vilena was turned into the net by Spezia man Mattia Caldara, who must have had enough of playing at the top flight at this point. I think he's um, done. He's just kicking I, I, the ball into his own net. I don't think he's going to fuck. He's thinking, you know what, I'm done. Fuck you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> it was a, an impressive finish into it his was. own. I, I yeah. couldn't score like that. Yes. At the end of the first half, Piontek rattled the crossbar with either. He's so unlucky, this guy. He works so hard, but he just can't get his numbers up. 70th minute, Pirola's error saw Shomorodov clean through on goal the Uzbekistani and your flop of the season, Shiptochoa, to salvage an important point for To be fair, you said him as well. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. I said Kovalenko. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> In the 77th minute, Daniel Maldini. <laughs> In the 77th minute, Daniel Maldini's free kick rattled the crossbar. And in the 82nd minute, Agudelo slipped the ball through to Egdal, who hit the post. You can see Susa towards the end of the game, furious with the Salernitana side, who, who looked like they were going to basically throw the game at yeah. the end but fortunately for them they did not Spezia could not capitalize on those two massive opportunities they had at the end Salernitan have stretched their unbeaten run to five but Spezia probably deserved this one Susa oh, was did. visibly furious at the team's performance late into the game agreed so regarding Piontek's misfortune is this his current level oh man it's so hard to say because I actually really like the guy still yeah, sure. But, but, you know, he just... he, You know what? He's had so many other opportunities now in Syria. Mm. I'd have to say it is. Yes, I mean... I can't keep giving him excuses. At the moment, it's his level. You know, at the time when he was scoring every game for Genoa, Genoa wasn't his level. But now this is his level, right? I mean, it's not only the fact that... Okay, as a striker, granted, you sh your numbers should be better than Piontek's right now. Yes. Um, and that's pretty much... the the difference maker when it comes to yes. 
who he should be playing with because performance-wise, as we've discussed, he's there, Piontek. He presses, he works, he, he puts himself in good opportunities, he puts he's his not, teammates he's in He's not a bad player, get, don't get me wrong. But is, I, I just don't... I, should he be a striker anymore? That's, that's a good question, man. What do you mean? Do you he, think he should, he should change he, position? Maybe, maybe drop back a, bit, a little bit more. Maybe he should be a supporting striker or, 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 or I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird. I, I just don't think he has a clinical... Clinical finishing in him anymore, and I I, but I don't that. think he's a bad player. He seems to not have it in him anymore, but I think at this point it it's, it might be worth trying to rediscover that. Then shifting his position, you know, how old is Piantek nowadays? Twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, that's it's too late to fucking. Oh, come on! I wasn't going to put him as a, a winger. He's not fast enough to be behind the striker. He's not technical enough to be behind the striker. I think. He's either going to be a striker or a centre back, and you're not going to put Piontek as your centre back. You know what I mean? No, he's 27 years old nowadays. Piontek, yes, I, I think what he needs to do is find his goal-scoring boots. Maybe it's harder at Salernitana than it's ever been for him in his career. But to be honest with you, sure. this guy was scoring goals for fun, like Genoa, who where he had no business scoring goals for fun. Yeah. All right. Um, slow start to the game, but they got juicy at the end. These lowly sides always start slow when they face each other, bro. Do you think that they're just very, very paranoid and cautious to not drop points? I'd be, I'd, I, I would, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. that. That seems like quite a, quite a fair yeah. assessment of how these sides tend to, tend to fare <laughs> in these games. Um, the Empoli game saw the same situation. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, almost a draw, enough. one penalty between. Them. Fair enough, and I mean. Um, same can be said, although they're not the, still the same thing. Even the Salernitana, uh, the Sassuolo, and Torino game, you know, when there's an equal team against each other, which aren't the top guns, they tend to be really cagey and afraid to to be the first ones to concede, because um, they know that the other team is, is isn't going to flop unless you're Sassuolo, and you you know you're gonna concede. So um, so yeah, I think I'd like to. I think you make a really good point, and I I mean I, I don't really have anything to counter that. I agree with you actually here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that game ended 1-1. You know, I'm sure that both be satisfied with that considering how bad the bottom three have been. And the fact that the bottom three have been so poor actually gives these teams a Some lot breathing. of breathing space. Oh, for lot, sure. They must be so happy. That it's so happy. happy. They must be so happy, they man. They must love Stankovic. Oh, yeah. They must, <laughs> they must be paying him for... Yeah. for, 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 for. They'll be sending him a hamper. Yeah, after the season, like congrats, <laughs> thank you. Here's some uh, here's some chocolate to, to ease the pain. There we go. I bro. mean, he, he seems like he likes his chocolate, Mr. Stankovic. Stankovic for sure, yeah, with, he, that, with that cheeky smile and the big belly. He has a bit of a big belly. Yeah. Um, Shall we read out the, the, the standings? Yes. For Spezia, <laughs> they currently long. stand in seventeenth with twenty five points. While Salernitana sit in 15th with 28 points. Guys, thank you very much for tuning in if you've made it this far. Thank you, guys. We have been your hosts, Jake and myself, Luke. Luke Mintoff, please. Mintoff, sorry. Call you Mintoff I, I, I don't have a, I don't I have a first it, name, so my name I is Mintoff. It's so funny when, uh, when people who are Maltese are like, this Mintoff guy is all jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Anyone says that they think they'd be talking about, you know... Dominant Dominantov. The yeah. the one and only, not this fucking... Not, not this, this... 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 This beta male. This, yeah. Yeah, there was a Mintov way back when, guys. He was... He was, uh, he was the real alpha. He was he the real was Sigma. Male, yeah. he, mu- he must be... I'm, I'm like a Charlie at this point. There we go. 
How is he related to you, bro? Is he related to his, right? He is related yes. to his. He's my, he's my great uncle. So Your great my, uncle. My, my, my grandfather's brother. There we go. Yes. You think he'd be proud? Of me? Hmm. I don't think so. I'm proud of you, bro. Oh, man. Don't make me blush now. I love you. I love you too. Brother. You did very well this podcast. Thank you Thank very you. much for filling in. I'm, I'm um, glad. I'm glad to Matthew. be filling in. It's it's, it's a pleasure. Do you um, have a message for Matthew? I haven't even talked, uh, spoken to him since he's been away. Is he okay? Is, is he alive? Is, uh, he's all right. He's doing well. He's doing um, he swam with sharks. He had a panic attack, not because of the sharks, but because of the breathing of the oxygen tank. Okay. You know, he had a bit of a panic attack over there. But is there something you want to say to Matthew? Um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All jokes, all jokes aside, uh, I hope you're enjoying Australia, brother. Um, keep swimming with the sharks. Next time, open the tank, please, so I can keep doing this podcast. He's not in a tank. He's not in a tank. Oh, he's just free. Just free. free. Like, apparently, ne- if you don't get ne- too close, next time, video, be fine. next time, just bring a knife and slit your wrist a bit so I can, <laughs> oh so I can keep doing this podcast. And yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, to make, I'm glad to turn this podcast a bit dark towards yeah. the end. So, no, jokes aside for the second time. Enjoy Australia, brother. Um, have the best time. Um, try not to be scared by spiders because I, sh- I certainly would be. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. Crocodile Danny, mate. There we go. Bro, if you've made it this far in the episode, Matt, um, do send us um, Luchonchu Pezzo di Merda on, uh, on WhatsApp and we'll know that you listened. Thank you. Okay. Same goes for anyone, by the way. Feel yeah. free to send us Luchonchu Pezzo di Merda. And, and then we know if you listen to the end of the podcast. Yeah. So if, if Jake ever told me to do that, he knows that I would not listen to the exactly. podcast. I'd, I n- I'd never get a message from Mento <laughs> But like, yeah, bro, the podcast was great. I'm like, how you didn't text me, Luke Chancho Petso de Merda, so you definitely didn't listen. Okay. <laughs> but thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Follow us on our socials at Seria Spotlight, anywhere you get your podcasts as well. Uh, please leave a five star review, even though this might have not been a five star episode, perhaps. More well, like a two and a half. The La Torre Preto. This is yeah. a good wine, huh? For five euros. For five oh, euros, okay, man. Huh? We should have got a few more. Yes, sir. So thank you very much, guys. We have been your host, Jake and Mint. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>